Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, happy Hanukkah in X number of days. Gracias, and a happy Kwanzaa to you. Thank you. Happy uh, Shinto Day of Enlightenment. So it's it's December, so it's our Halloween month. If this is your first episode of the podcast, welcome in. Uh, we are currently in a string of, what, eight months we have scheduled out of themed months, Joe? Because the pressure of, of choosing a movie every week just got to me. And I, I picked a movie where uh, Michelle Rodriguez had a penis and then got mad at her boobs. So I kind of derailed the podcast, <laughs> the, the original podcast structure we had. So we uh, we went to theme months in December. What, what did you decide to call it? Oh, December. December. December, which is much better than Happy Brawla Days, which was just stealing from Brawloween. I had one good idea. It was Brawloween. Yeah, you can't just keep ripping off yourself. <laughs> sure I can. Sure I can. Steven Seagal has been making the same movie for three decades. That's true. Uh, so this week's movie, Joe, uh, we took a break from the serious movies because we vetoed a Chuck Norris movie for Norris Vember because it was a kid's movie. And this one we said, it's a kid's movie, but we're going to watch it anyways. Yeah. Because it's Santa with Muscles, 1996 starring Hulk Hogan. And the reason this was a movie that I wanted to watch because every year on, on Christmas and, and I considered putting you in this text thread, but, uh, you know, Jewish, you're just like, sure. what is this? It's December 25th. It doesn't matter. Every well, I year, had to do all sorts of research on just Santa alone to really yeah. understand this movie. Yeah. Apparently he like uh, just like watches He's like your kids leader or something. <laughs> He lives in the Vatican. <laughs> I might be. It was. It was late. I might be getting him mixed up with the Pope. Um, but every year on Christmas, I send a, a, a promo shot from Santa with muscles to uh, Sam and Harrison, my buddy Sam and Harrison. And uh, and when you were like, oh, let's do action movies, and it was like Christmas movies. I was like, we gotta do Santa with muscles. Done. Yeah, it stars Hulk Hogan and Ed Vigley Jr. and Clint Howard and Garrett Morris. And young Mila Kunis. And Mila Kunis, who, unmistakably Mila Kunis. Unmistakably. She has not aged. She has just gotten bigger, if that makes sense. <laughs> She's just gotten bigger and cattier. Although she was fairly catty in this movie, oh, too. Oh, dude, she's, uh, dude, this and that 70s show and um, Bad Moms, essentially the same character. Correct. Yeah. So, um, so Joe, uh you want to talk about the budget and everything for Santa with muscles before we get into it? Yes, let's knock out the financials real quick. Uh, made in 1996, Santa with muscles, directed by John Murlowski Method. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, budget, could not find, question marks. Doesn't uh, matter. But has to be more than the box office, which only made $220,198 internationally. And one of the things that we've determined is that it's a bad, bad thing when you know down to the dollar, the box office yes. amount, <laughs> because who oh boy. Um, and it's also a bad, bad thing when the movie's just sitting on YouTube because nobody is even taking the effort to do the DMCA takedown of it. Also, yes. And both of those things are true of this movie. So I would wager that Hulk Hogan probably made $100,000 for this movie, would be my guess. As the star in 1996... Really? He was already a megastar. And I was thinking back then you made like a mill uh, as as a, as the main star in, in a movie if you already were a star in something else. Well, he was a star, but Terry Jean Balea was not a movie star at that point, really. He was just a wrestler. You know, this was before like the big wrestler crossovers with like The Rock. 
you know, where this was like wrestling was just this weird off to the side thing. It would be like assuming that, um, you know, because like uh, uh, what's his face? The football player that was in um, face off. Howie Long. Oh, Howie Long was in that. That's right. Not face off. I'm thinking of Broken Arrow. He was in Broken Arrow. Yeah. Howie Long was in Broken Arrow. That's like because Howie Long was a football star. He's not going to get paid more for for Broken Arrow. It's the same with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but this is more of a Shazam situation. (laughs) Or Kazam. Kazam. Shazam. Shazam is the app. Kazam is the movie. Yeah. Right. With Shaq. Yes. 1990s. Also 1996, Joe. Yeah. So really like he is the draw for this movie. Like nobody goes and sees this movie if it doesn't have Hulk Hogan in it. Joe, the draw for this movie is Clint Howard. Stop. <laughs> Shaq made seven million dollars for Kazam, Joe. That's what I'm saying. That's incredible. So you have to figure Hulk made like a mill. <laughs> uh I'm just seeing this article. Shaquille O'Neal explains why he played Kazam, and it says it's hard to argue with seven million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, but Joe, producer, did you look up who the executive producer of this movie is? I did not. Joe, but this you is made what... it sound like it was Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> it's not Harvey Weinstein, but I can tell you, the money did not matter to this guy. He essentially printed money. Uh, Alan Greenspan. Does the name Jordan Belfort mean anything to you? Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. Wolf of Wall Street, baby. Wolf of Wall Street was the executive producer of this. Yeah. That's why. So the whole time he's like doing securities fraud and like, you know, screaming in the office about how he's not leaving. He's like green lighting. Like, yes, let's go Santa get Clint with- Howard and Hulk Hogan and make Santa with muscles. That is unbelievable, dude. Yeah, and then he's like, let me go take this boat ride now. I'm sure everything will be fine. This is one of his greatest scams, and it didn't show up in that movie. No, like, could you imagine, like, halfway through the movie, he's, like, on the phone with Hulk Hogan? There should have been a scene with Hulk in his office. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's not in his Wikipedia. It's nowhere. It's just in the IMDb. And I looked, I was like, yeah. He he only, here's the thing, Joe. He only executive produced, like, six movies. It wasn't yeah. like this was a huge thing that he did. It was, like, a handful of movies. And this was one of them. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Is involved with Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. Explains a lot. Jeff, are you ready? Yes, Joe. Are you are you uncomfortable? First of all, are you uncomfortable with this movie? Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. There's not a lot of Christ imagery, so you should be okay. For the most part, I was okay. Um, but there did seem to be some veiled anti-Semitic. There were there were a couple tropes. There were some tropes being done at some point. I believe so. Yeah. Not 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 quite to the level of last week's movie, The Cutter, where just Nazis just show up for no reason. Well, as we all know, Doctor Vile's uh, fart gas is an analogy well, to the gas used in the Holocaust. Joe, Joe, his name is actually his family changed the name is actually Doctor Von Vile. Von Vile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um. Okay, let's jump right in. Look, we, Operation Paperclip, we brought over a lot of not great people, Joe, okay? And they got involved. They just got involved in our in our culture. Happened. Uh, we open on a mansion with gas spraying pillars in the front. So can you already tell this is a serious movie? 
I was already like, what is spraying out of these pillars? Like, the, it's a fence that just has, like, pyrotechnic, like, fog machines that are just <laughs> shooting. Like, a, like it's a white snake video. Or, like, the inside of a Qzar. <laughs> um, so, and there are scientists walking around, very visibly. Just, and that's a theme. This is uh, Ed Begley Jr.'s house. That's a theme at this house. People walking in pairs or triplets just around the property. That are scientists. That are scientists, just like in groups. And like one guy's talking about later on quantifying yes. pain. Like yes. they just do like these like uh, 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 walk and talks. Like it's yeah, West but, Wing. Yeah, but they're supposed to also be the security because like Hulk is obviously afraid of them. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, we have a very long opening monologue by a I, very ridiculous it's this girl's a monologuist yeah i was i was uh writing it down and i was like i don't care well i wrote the whole thing so here we go do uh, it in your best little girl voice joe dear santa how are you i'm not doing so well there is this really really bad man named ebner frost who lives up on the hill he's got these weird people working for him and I think they're going to do something really bad this Christmas. Title. Santa with muscles. All different texts. I was, yeah. <laughs> different that, colored texts. <laughs> I was I was really hoping it would do the, like, Terminator sound. Like, do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, dude, it was just the shittiest looking title card I've ever seen in my life. It's like a... It's like when I try to add text to a, a something on, on the computer and I'm like, oh, why is this not working? <laughs> or it's like, it like it's like Jordan Belfort let his like five year old make a collage of the text with like different lettering. and Or, stuff. or he let Margot Robbie do it. Same deal. Yeah. Uh, the, I love Margot Robbie, not Margot Robbie, the actress, whoever she played in that movie. <laughs> Do you know what I realized last night? So we've been rewatching My Name is Earl, which is a fantastic show. Is uh, she in that? No, but Margot Robbie is just like the leveled up uh, Jamie Presley. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly correct. Yeah. yeah, she's just like I was watching it last night. I was like, this could just be like Margot Robbie. But, you know, if this was made in 2020, it'd be like Margot Robbie. And she's just like the leveled up Jamie Presley. Like if Jamie Presley got it, got her career right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. And didn't handicap herself uh, early on. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay. Movies like Ticker. Ticker. And uh, that one with the guys who made Super Troopers. Oh, not another teen movie? No, that wasn't Super no. Trooper, guys. Not a, not another teen movie made a lot of careers, specifically Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. He's he's in that. Yeah, there's a lot of people. In, if you go back, yeah, there's a lot of people in not another teen movie. Um, okay, back to this little girl. Uh, I don't want anything for me this Christmas, Santa, but things have been kind of hard for my friends and the people in my town. Mr. Frost and his men have been real bullies to everyone in Lakeville. That's where I live. It used to be a happy town, but now people are moving away because Mr. Frost has been so mean to them. And now he's trying to take our orphanage away from us, and nobody can stop him. It might not be much, but it's the only home we know. I know you're really busy this time of year, but I just thought since you're going to be in the neighborhood anyway, 
Maybe you could stop by a little early this year and help us. If Rudolph or your other reindeer aren't ready, you could take a car or a bike or a, and then you hear this like crash outside. <laughs> and her thought process is jarred by an ice cream truck stealing a Christmas tree. Yes, Joe. Because that's how you that that's how you stop Christmas at an orphanage is stealing their Christmas tree from outside. It's it's a wild scene. Immediately, I'm like, because because you had the spraying pillars right away, and you're like, what the fuck? And then this <laughs> thing's like, what the hell's going on? What, yeah, what, what is, is this? What is happening? But Joe, this is I want to know how long she was gonna keep going. She's like, I did too, because I thought this was it. I was like, oh thank God. Yeah. It's not. She, yeah. <laughs> she says. I'm afraid that the with the way things are going, this might be the last Christmas I spend with my friends. I know it's only a few days until Christmas, but please hurry. Yours truly, Elizabeth Bentley Walsh. P.S. I hope you're really out there, Santa. Is she, that's the end. Is she asking Santa to kill someone? Is that what's happening here? She's she's asking for somebody to get whacked, definitely. But also, Joe, it is. Two days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. She knows that Santa is going to be busy on Christmas. And she's just asking him to just drop everything. To Come save by. their their piddly little orphanage. Which we found out later only has three people in it. Yeah. Joe, downsize the orphanage. Totally. There's, su- there's such a simple solution to this. Because we find out later. So the orphanage, spoiler alert, gets destroyed. And they just move into another mansion. Right. Um, there's only three orphans in this tiny town. Maybe sell to Ed Bagley Jr. and just get a smaller place. Yeah, buy like a three-bedroom home. Yeah, easy peasy. But nope, they got to have this church. Like, it's got a whole church attached to it. And like, this is... Underground catacombs? Joe. Joe, okay. I know, okay. I know, okay. Okay. I got to ask you. To uh-huh. not besmirch the underground catacombs that are under every single church. I'll try not to. It's okay. news to me. Well, Joe, yes, because you're Jewish. You don't know about the catacombs. Okay, enlighten me. Well, it's where we keep all of our crystals, because, you know. <laughs> In a vault. <laughs> In a vault. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, we cut to Hulk Hogan stalking outside a mansion, mm-hmm. sneaking up on people and beating them up. He gets the landscapers, he gets the chef, he gets the butler, and he gets the limo driver. All of them. What I love about these guys is each one of them has themed weapons. Because he doesn't sneak he doesn't sneak up on all of them. Some of them attack him, but they all have themed weapons. Like the chef the chef has a meat tenderizer. Yes. The concierge just like attacks him like with karate. Yes. Uh the the driver has a tire iron. The landscaper mm-hmm. has a rake. The other landscaper has a weed whacker. Right. So Jeff, it, did, did you see what one of the chefs? Uh, because the, okay, well, first of all, Hulk throws away a perfectly good omelet. Omelet. Well, he's who is to, the omelet for? It's a good question. Because we find out it's his house. So it's it for his, it's for nobody now. Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't eat the omelet. We find out later he he only eats his own like supplies his own because he's got to control his macros. So right. who is this omelet out here for, Joe? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I originally thought it wasn't his his place. Well, that's the rope. Breaking in. Yeah, that's the rope. dope. you find out it's his place. Um. Anyway, he ends up getting surrounded by all these guys after he like beats them up a little bit. Um. And one of the chefs, did you notice this? Has a baking pin to Hulk's throat 
Wait, really? He was going to kill ba- Hulk Hogan? He's surrounded, and one of them has a baking pin to his throat, and there's another one. He's like six guys. But one of the other ones is just holding his arm. He has like a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> it's like, what is he going to do? Working for Hulk Hogan in this movie sounds like a nightmare because it's like, all right, like, could you imagine the interview process? It's like, yeah, I've, you know, I've been a chef. I, you know, Michelin star restaurant for the last 10 years. You know, I, you know, I I trained under the best French chefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But can you fight? (laughs) Yeah. Can you throw a solid left, right, left combo? Yeah. We, We have a punching bag here. If you'd like to demonstrate how you would attack Hulk Hogan. Uh, how, how do you defend against this head grab? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, Hulk calls time. So we realize it was some sort of drill course with his staff. Uh, everyone compliments him, but he calls them weasels and denies them Christmas bonuses. He's a yeah. bit of a, a bit of a Scrooge. A bit of a, uh, um, yeah, a little, a uh, little stingy there in the holidays. Scrooge McHulk. Um, they can't see at home, but I'm pointing at you. That's a good one. I'm not laughing. I nope. get it. You're I'm not laughing, but I get it. Uh, Hulk has a wide variety of health products under the label Blake's Way. He's Blake. Yeah, and he really blows it because he has all these Blake's Way products, but he has a whey protein that's not spelled W-H-E-Y. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. He has Blake's Way Way. Yeah, he has Blake's Way Way. <laughs> Joe, like, somebody call 1996 Hulk Hogan. First of all, I'll tell him to not say the N-word on video. Second <laughs> of all, I'll tell him to call it Blake's Way instead of Blake's Way Way. Right, right, right. Um, he wants the picture on the can bigger, but there's only so much room. So I don't know what he wants. <laughs> yeah, like, I think... I think he wants it to be a close-up of him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because it can only the whole image can only be so big. Yeah, he can't unless unless he just wants bigger containers. In his head, he's thinking that his picture could be bigger than the can. <laughs> That's what he's hoping for. Uh, is Hulk the worst actor we've covered? He's a train wreck so far. He is. Well, here's what's weird: when he's Blake Thorne, he's terrible. Horrible. After after he hits his head. He's not so bad. You're right. And then when he's Blake Thorne again, he's awful again. Again. It doesn't make any sense. He's such a phenomena in this movie. When yeah. he's Santa with muscles, it's like the role he was born to play. He can do it. Well, but, yeah. Cause he's like, Merry Christmas, brother. Like, it's not that much he has to do. So You're doing Macho Man Randy Savage right there. <laughs> it's both. It's both. Just, just to slip in a correction. So uh, when are we, when had, are we gonna, hold on, speaking of Macho Man, when are we going to talk about uh, the two, Twin Towers thing? Oh, did you want to talk about that here? <laughs> Just everybody look up that Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan uh, may have done 9-11. And for further proof, look up Hulk Hogan 9-11. I, un, indisputable, I would say. Joe, I mean, I looked it up and it's right along like, uh, have you heard of Q? Ah, I have. <laughs> it's uh, Hulk Hogan and, and QAnon. Hulk Hogan is Q. Jeff. Jet fuel cannot melt steel beams, but Hulk Hogan can. Oh, my God. It's because he's a real American, Joe. Correct. Uh, Blake has a set of 386 rules, 386 rules that he can't remember. 
Yeah, he's like, what is this rule? He's uh, He's got a real uh, Leroy Jethro Gibbs vibe. Huh? Right. And CIS show? Huh? Huh? Acknowledgement. A show uh, that was good for five <laughs> seasons and has been on for 15? There it is. Um, his butler's name is Chaz. His chef's name is Pierre. His limo driver's name is Franklin. This When we get these scenes now, I'm like, Joe must be so happy right now. Bam, bam, bam. So just happy. Name, just three names in a row. Dude, I have to pause sometimes and just bask in it. I'm so happy about it. Can we? Okay, so we haven't gotten to the point yet, but I just like to point out the names. Joe, we get first and last name for almost every single character in this movie. No, but we do in passing. But the credits are all just the first name except for the reporter. Oh, we do get her first and last name. Yeah, it's like Helen Chu. Helen Chu. I thought it was Chu. Helen. Helen Chu. But, like, everybody, they say their first and last name. But, like, in the credits, Hulk Hogan is just Blake. He has two last names in this movie, and he's just Blake. Nobody is... True. The only guy, the only people credited with two or first and last name in this movie are Helen Chu and, of course, Ebner Frost. Very interesting. Yeah. It's they so don't weird. have um, Thomas P. Hinckley. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, we get his full name, and it just says Hinckley in the credits. Interesting. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's it's a weird thing that I that bothered me. So an orphanage wants to use Blake's mansion for a fundraiser, but Blake has Chaz send them carbohydrate bars that aren't selling anyway. Yeah, he's sending them calteen bars, Joe. Right. And remember, write it off. That's right. Because we know he's e- that's how we know he's evil. Correct. Because he, he does, does his taxes. Because <laughs> he does his taxes. He does capitalism, Joe. Time for paintball with Blake's bandana gang. This they wreak havoc across the roads. So, Joe, I don't understand. Where were they going? That's a good question, Jeff. Does this billionaire just drive around shooting paintballs at people? Like, is that where they're going? Yeah, because I thought they were they were set in the woods. At the beginning of this, and then he shoots the opposing captain. Yeah, and then he just takes off. But then he takes off onto regular Main Street roads, and it's like, wait, is this all the course? I thought it was just going to be a woods thing. Yeah, and then it's it's clearly not all the course because uh, uh, Hinkley doesn't know about this. Right. Yeah, he thinks they're terrorists. Yeah, bring bring all the full force of the uh, Lakeville uh, Police Department. Uh. Blake starts firing paintballs at the cops' windshields. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. First, no, I skipped much. Um, Clint Howard is a highway patrolman playing with the radar gun until Blake's gang fly out of nowhere on bikes and they leave skid marks on his hood. Yeah, and and he plays with his gun like he's never used it. Like he thinks it does anything. Like a five-year-old. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a five-year-old. Like, he just holds the gun out, and it gives him a reading, but he's, like, moving it around. He's like, beep, 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 beep. Like, it's a, like it's a detector of something. Right, right, right. It's just a speed gun. He needs better training. Is yeah, what he's we, not. We've he's been not, saying it forever. Considering the weaponry this police department has, they need much better training than they Yeah, have. you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, Clint thinks that they're terrorists, so he calls for infinite backup. Blake thinks this is all fun, but (laughs) 
doesn't uh so he doesn't pull over so we've established blake is a complete asshole <laughs> just absolute psychosis i'm sorry but absolute psychosis from uh from hulk hogan in this scene he's being chased and the guy's like hey maybe you should pull over because that's the police and he's like no way this is fun yeah like, and, and that's exactly how he says it. Imagine what Hulk Hogan looks like. And he's talking like uh, like his like his name is Chaz or right. like his name. He's you know what he's talking like. He's talking like his name is Blake. Yes. <laughs> he's talking he's like, like a total Blake. Yeah. Like but Blake on the OC or One Tree Hill. Right. Um, Blake starts firing paintballs at the cops windshields. Like I said, Uh Highway patrolman starts firing a shotgun. <laughs> Huge escalation. This whole sequence is just escalation after escalation. Like it starts with uh, Hulk Hogan just driving around and then he's a terrorist and then they start shooting shotguns at him and then he's fleeing from the law. Yeah. I, I don't know how big these fucking shells are, but they are blowing gargantuan boulder size holes in these signs. Yeah. Joe, I would say that this is a good re- thing to say defund the police. I don't think they need shotguns that blow giant holes in signs. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we got a few other weapons to get to before we guns that comes later. Yeah. Um, so Blake decides to hide at the Lakeville Mall, which is where he grew up. He grew up in Lakeville. Yeah. Uh, which, this is insane. This whole sequence is insane, Joe. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they, they started with him, spoiler alert, he gets dressed up as Santa, but it's it's like they started with him dressed up as Santa, and then they were like, they uh, they called up um, Belfort, and it was like, all right, how would you get to this position? He's like, me personally? He's like, well, this is what I would probably do. Uh, paintball that goes awry, running from the cops. <laughs> it's like, okay. So this is his Wolf of Wall Street part. Yes, this is all all big, all 90s, all over. Um, we're in the mall, uh, which is a place that you used to go to buy goods. Yes. You, you know how Amazon is like a website? Like, imagine each category of the website is a different store. And a store mm-hmm. is a thing you would walk into. They have people purchase, in them. Yeah, and you would, you would purchase items, and you would take them home with you. You wouldn't have to wait. Correct. And they would just have dozens of these stores lined up. But nowadays, the mall is just for uh, kids to get shot in. Correct. Either kids to get shot in or um, uh, to be converted into big homeless shelters. Yeah, or COVID testing sites, depending on where you are. Right. But also ideal spots for the zombie apocalypse. So we have to keep them intact. Yes, that's correct. That's that's that. That's why they still exist is just in case. Just in case. Scientists are like, we're like 99% sure that there's no such thing as zombies. But for that 0.1%, we got to keep malls around, guys. We just got to keep these structures intact. We need Um, uh, 30,000 square foot uh, places that have an Auntie Anne's and a Cinnabon and a GameStop. And a bed store. (laughs) A bed store. Um, We're in the mall, baby. And an old woman is sleeping at a collections table. Uh, then we have this blonde woman in a business suit. So she, you know she's business. That's right. She is all business, except she's business on top, party down below. Because she's like a businesswoman. But that is a fairly short skirt. Short, yeah. Well, but that you could be a businesswoman in the 90s or 80s and have a um, uh, a mistress's skirt. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's like, but yeah, you got to have like a power skirt. That's right. how you know your business in the in the 90s. 
uh, no, all business attire for women had to show a little bit of butt cheek. There was just no way. <laughs> you just wouldn't get the job otherwise. Um, so anyway, this blonde woman is furious that she can't find the mall Santa. Uh, no one in this quiet town seems to care that there's a full-fledged police chase happening outside. These no, cars this, are whizzing by at like And 80, this is a 90. small town. Yeah. This is a small town, and nobody seems to care that there's a police chase going on. No one's even coming out, like, looking out their window. It's just a ghost town. Nope, nobody cares. Uh, Blake refers to one of his stupid rules, then bails from the driver's seat while his friend remains in the car. Bad, bad friend. Sorry, bad friend. Also, what what's the game plan here? For the, he's, he's like, all right, you're going to take the fall for me. I guess. But... but also, nobody, you're going to die? <laughs> yeah, nobody sees him jump out of the, the car. Yeah. It was it's weird. A, it was a weird move. Um, And the other guy was not expecting it. Also, one of the bandana gang members had to jog all the way to the mall. Did you notice this? Yeah. <laughs> they show the mall, and one of the bandana gang members is, like, jogging to the mall. <laughs> yeah, this is insane. Like, you know what he could have done is just pulled over. Totally. This went from him getting a speeding ticket to him being a fugitive from the law. Full-fledged felony on felony on felony. Yeah, this is he's stacking felonies. This is a Belfort special. I think he he uh, consulted on this one. Right. Um, my, this whole movie might be an analogy for like Jordan Belfort. It's a cry for help. It is. This is it's, his cry for help. This is a cry for help. He he wants to be the Santa with muscles, but he's stuck being uh, he's stuck Thorne. being uh, uh, Blake. Blake Thorne. Yeah. Uh, now we're back in the mall. These kids are going to rip this little elf house apart if they don't see Santa soon. <laughs> Dude, why are kids always little monsters if they don't see Santa in movies? Dude, this was like riot, like verge of riot. <laughs> These kids are like, Attica! We're <laughs> smashing the glass. Like, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, Attica! Attica! Attica. There's, a, there's a little... Uh, um, uh, Al Pacino kid, like Attica, Attica. No, it's actually just Al Pacino. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but he's done. But he's doing it like the dwarf guy, where he's just like on his knees with like shoes underneath them. So right. it's just like Al Pacino, just kid sized. Um, one of these elves is played by Laura Prepon's seventy show dad, and he is pleading with his bookie or something over the phone. Yeah, I think. Uh, his name is Lenny. Yeah. So here's my thing with Lenny. Lenny mm -hmm. is absolutely begging because he's got gambling debts. He's a wreck. He's a wreck. But he is like, oh, $50. That'll settle things that, up. There it is. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Blonde mall lady comes in, offers 50 bucks, 50 whole dollars to yeah. anyone, whichever elf gets her Santa. And he's like, up, my problems are solved. And we find out later he was going to have mass hemorrhaging from the debt that he owed. Like that was the plan for we find out he owes it to Blight is mass hemorrhaging for fifty dollars. What dude doesn't have fifty dollars? What dude can't scrape together fifty dollars? Also, another question. There are like ten elves. Uh-huh. The Santa suit's just sitting there. Yeah. Just put one point. of the elves in the Santa suit. Put the Elf in the Santa suit and get him out there. Also, question: Where's Santa? I don't they could, know. They couldn't. The original Santa. The original Santa. It's a good Joe. question. Joe. Lenny killed the original Santa. No way. Yeah. He was gonna be the original Santa because it had a uh, 
uh, uh, dollar have, fifty increase. <laughs> it was an extra fifty bucks a day, and he was like, "Oh, thank God, that's exactly what I need is those fifty bucks." Exactly. Um, yeah. How much does this guy owe? I just keep asking that this whole movie. Fifty bucks, apparently. But every time he finds money, he acts like he found like. He's found a fortune. Yeah, he acts like he found 10 to 50 times more than he actually found. Every time he's around money. Right. Um, uh, never mind. Lenny was talking to a doctor. The plot thickens. Uh-oh. Dr. Blight, maybe, Joe? Dr. Blight. He is torturing a man who's hanging from his ankled, ankles, and his name is Mr. Rapini. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Dr. Blight is like, he's a doctor. He's a torturer. And he knows like karate. He's, he's an all, all he's like a number two too. He's, he's a like, Renaissance man. Yeah. He's, he's like, um, he's the most well-rounded character in this whole movie. You understand that, right? God, that's sad. Holy shit. You might be right. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so he's also... You couldn't see at home, but Joe just questioned everything he was doing with his life. With his eyes, I could see it. <laughs> he's he's Ebner Frost's personal physician and his right-hand man. Yep. Um, Mr. Frost appears on a TV screen to insist that Mr. Rapini sell his shoe store. Mr. Rapini declines. Did we already mention... So Mr. Frost is um, Ebner Frost... Uh, Ed, Ed Begley, Begley Jr. Yeah, and he's some sort of wealthy piece of Reckless. shit. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's he is the wealthy miser that's in like every kid's movie. He's the Bloomfeld. <laughs> the Blofeld. He's the Blofeld. <laughs> he's the Blofeld to Hulk Hogan's Blofeld. James Bond. Um, but he really does come across. This has a weird Bond element to it, where you have all these weird like scientists that like have different elements to them. Um, he's always wearing like, uh, he's, he's like a germaphobe. So he's always wearing like germ suit and like getting sprayed down with antibacterial. It's a really weird thing. And, and I want to know how that pathology, where that pathology came from. I wonder if, uh, Hulk Hogan, when they were kids, like dumped him in a dumpster or something. Maybe. Uh, that's gotta, I, I want, I want the, uh, solo, a star Wars story, but for Ebner Frost, I want his origin story. Yeah. Dude, I wanted a backstory for Lenny because I want to know how he got to where he is today. <laughs> how did he get 50 whole dollars in debt, Joe? How did he do it? Was it Blockbuster? But not getting $50 in debt, but getting $50 in debt and not being able to pay it. That's true. While having a job. We see him. He has <laughs> a job. Uh, so Mr. Frost appears on a TV screen in front of Mr. Rapini. To insist that he sell his shoe store. Mr. Rapini declines. Mr. Frost is disappointed. So he introduces Mr. Rapini to his team of scientists. You heard me correct. He has a team of scientists. I don't think any of these people know the scientific method. Uh, Well, wait until you hear their deal. Mr. Flint is his geologist. Of course. Every oh. every good evil scientist team starts with a geologist. Correct. Uh, Mr. Vile is a chemist. I believe he's Canadian. A Canadian chemist, Mr. Vile. And they have some interesting theories on uh, how to use farts. Uh, Miss Watt. Oh, as we've already as we already knew from South Park. 
uh, Canadians are obsessed with farting. They love farts. Uh, Ms. Watt is electrifying. Her qualifications are she's electrifyingly beautiful. Joe, okay. okay. Pause. Yep. We've got guy with a fart uh, a, a fart pack. That's Correct. that's that's what Doctor Vile has. We have a geologist with a brush. Mm-hmm. Then we have a woman who has harnessed the power of electricity <laughs> and can channel it through gloves. She has electro hands. I feel like this is an escalation, and I feel like he should be setting his sights a little bit higher than an orphanage. I mean, we have this dipshit in a fucking like safari hat, basically. Yeah. The geologist. We have Mr. Vile and his his. I don't know, technologically advanced whoopee cushion. And then we have Ms. Watt, who's basically a Marvel villain. <laughs> yes. She, we're not kidding. She has, she shoots electricity from her finger. She explodes a rose by holding it. Oh and channeling, yeah. Channel, she's not messing around. She could no. kill people. She's nuts. And she she's could, nuts. She's yeah. legitimately nuts. So it's, it's a severe escalation, I think, from a fart doctor and a geologist. I'm not sure how she's not running the show. Like, how does Ebner Frost contain her? Yeah, he she should be the power behind the throne. Much less Mr. Dr. Blight. She's like two chairs separated from the throne. Dr. Blight is other. Uh, he's a he's the most well-rounded character and he's a renaissance man, but he's useless in the face of just a palm of electricity to the chest. He's a British doctor. That's all he is. Joe. Those... He knows how to swing a stethoscope. That's it. Joe, this guy can yield can wield a stethoscope. He can kill you with a stethoscope and then check that you're dead. So Mr. Flint's first line is that he says he wants to turn Rapini into a fossil. That's the first thing we hear from this this dick. <laughs> he doesn't even say he wants to turn him into a this fossil. He just, he just reminds him of his mortality. That's all he does. He's right. like, you'll be a great fossil. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Mr. Vile has a tank of fart gas, as we said before. Uh, and then Miss Watt explodes her flower with her electro hands. Uh, now we're back at the mall. Blake steals a Santa outfit. And the cops don't recognize him because apparently they still believe in Santa Claus. Yeah, they all you need is just a, a fake beard. And that fools everybody. That's all yeah, you need. They're like, oh, hey, Santa, we're looking for a guy about your size. Uh, he came by here, but he was in army gear. Yeah, he was wearing something completely different. Also, he wasn't wearing any sort of disguise over his face. Also, um, he like wasn't you. Santa Claus, which yeah. you clearly are. So it's just like, okay, well, um, well, it can't be you. Thanks, Santa. Thanks, real Santa. Hey, could I get um, an Xbox this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clint Howard thinks something's up when Hulk Santa calls a kid a brat. And then shoves his dad, which is, I would say, two red flags. Um, he realizes it's Blake because uh, he sees the army pants hanging out the back of his, his which Santa pants. Which just ditched the army pants, man. Yeah, why does he still have them? Uh, Blake hangs from the garbage chute to hide and then gets garbage dumped on him from up above. The worst cops in the universe. He is hanging from... The hands are there. The He's hands are visible. Meaty Hulk hands. Yeah, meaty Hulk hands sticking maybe three inches over the edge, probably a foot and a half behind these cops. If they just In turned white around... Gloves. Yeah, if they just turned around, they would find him. Right. Um, so I said, yeah, um, Blake is getting garbage dumped on him. 
Now he knows how we feel. Got him. Uh, he gets giant. Oh, he gets a giant plastic Santa dropped on him. And this is not the first time that a plastic, a giant plastic Santa will foil him. But the, or this is the first time, but not the last time. And the the less funny of the two times. Correct. <laughs> he he gets hit in the head basically with it, which knocks him down the chute and scrambles his brains. And Joe, real quick, uh, what? Why were the cops so hellbent on not letting him get away? Why were they hellbent? Because he just committed multiple felonies. Because we can't let this guy get away with Santa fraud. Is that what he said? He said Santa fraud. Not Santa a thing. Fraud. Oh, no, say- that's that's in um code. Uh, that's code two four five colon B of uh of of the fraud section of American law. <laughs> <laughs> it's common law, Joe. It's um, maritime. It's maritime law. Maritime. Um, Lenny finds him and assumes he's drunk. Lenny finds his wallet and 200 bucks, proclaims that he's rich, does his little rich guy dance. It's a little rich guy dance. Uh, He also steals the army pants because he he thinks he's a snazzy dresser. Uh, I I don't think that uh, uh, Mr. Donna from That 70s Show and Hulk Hogan are the same size. Just call me crazy. Call me crazy. Um, He finds out that this is Blake Thorne, the richest man in 10 states. Yep, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, Arkansas, West Virginia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and both Dakotas. I was going to say, which 10 states? This matters. Also, what was his plan? He's like, oh boy, I'm going to find Santa. I'm going to get those 50 bucks. And then he's just sitting next to a garbage chute and hoping Santa falls out. (laughs) Yeah, he was like taking a a smoke break in between (laughs) checking for Santa. But it works for him, I guess. Uh, This guy falls ass backwards into... um, good circumstances into being a respectable respectable member of society right um yeah god is just giving him opportunities to get out of this hole he's dug himself for yeah (laughs) he just can't take advantage um lenny's got this oh lenny is cartoon character excited that's what i put down he is he's he is doing the non-threatening version of the uh chainsaw dance yes (laughs) without the chainsaw overhead and the boner, he's just kind of like down here doing a jig. Yeah, he is so happy. Uh, Santa with muscles wakes up. So now he's gone from Blake to Santa with muscles. This is where the transformation occurs. Uh, he wakes up. He can't remember who he is. Lenny proclaims that he is Santa. Makes his case in front of a mirror. You got the beard. You got the gloves. You got the hat. Come on, he says. Yeah, nobody could just put on a Santa outfit. It's not possible. Joe, I have a question for you. Is uh-huh. the trash chute the metaphor for the cocoon? He went in a caterpillar, and he came out transformed as Santa with muscles. The metamorphosis. That's right. So it's it's a, it's a, it's a cocoon. Um, but then he goes back to being a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. Is that how the life cycle of a butterfly goes? I it goes caterpillar, so. butterfly, caterpillar? I think so. It's a, what do you call those words that end and start the same, same forward? Oh, uh, a palindrome? Yeah, it's a, it's the uh, evolutionary version of a palindrome. I think that's how science works. Uh, Lenny hits Santa with muscles on his head wound. 
then leads him upstairs. He can somehow carry a whole Hulk, whole Hulk Hogan. Say that five times fast. I caught that. He just like hoists this dead weight Hulk Hogan over his shoulders. Like it's no big deal. Crazy. And he yeah. does fine with it. He's just like, all right. And he just waddles along. He doesn't with him. struggle at all to get him up. It's just like it's like he he it's like when you would like pick up your nephew and just like hoist him over your shoulder. So there's another scene where he repels down a rope later in the movie. He might be freakishly strong. Either he's freakishly strong or he clearly has a body double that looks a lot like him. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the actor. I'm talking about the character. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The character is clearly freakishly strong. But, I, but I'm, I'm saying I think they may have used the same body double for that scene and the repelling scene. Oh, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I, I'm willing to bet that Mr. Pinciotti is a, is a strong man. Could be. He's thick. He's got a real strong base. He's got a strong core and thighs. S- sturdy base is what sturdy, I would say. Sturdy base. Uh, Lenny breaks down the keys to being Santa. Yeah. He says, you smile, uh, you say ho, ho, ho a lot, and you promise them anything. Those are the same exact rules to being ludicrous, Jeff. You promised me a good ludicrous joke. You gave me a ludicrous joke. Well, he says ho. He does. He's got him in different area codes. He promises women things. He's got him in different areas. I'll give you that, Joe. I thought it was well thought out. Whatever. Um, Whew. Okay. (laughs) Tough crowd. That one hit me. Tough crowd. It, it like it's like I sent it out there and it just hit me back in the face. <laughs> All right, Joe, hold um, on. Let me, let, let's do it again. Three, two, one. <laughs> that is like ludicrous. It's exactly, isn't it? All right. Um, if our voices sound different, it's because the audio's been doing this weird thing. Um, also, so, if you heard everything, it's because I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a blonde mall lady. Uh, she's back. Same blonde mall lady. And she gets in one last bitchy line. Then kids start piling onto Santa's lap. Yeah, she tells, well, first of all, she's like, all right, Lenny, take him to his chair. His chair is just off camera, his throne. It's just off camera. It's like she could just be like, all right, Santa, go sit down. But he's like, all right, take, take, what do you want from me? Take him to his throne. It's like, she also assumes he's drunk. That's so actually, I did I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a that's a smart assumption that he's drunk. She's about to let a like drunk forty to fifty year old man uh, have children on his lap. <laughs> Joe, it's called the perks of the job. That's right. Uh, Blake rubs a kid's head, says, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, Blake is not great at being Santa so far. Um, yeah, and the kid calls him out, and he's like, "You know who I am. You're Santa." <laughs> He's like, well played, you little jerk. <laughs> now pose for the picture. Uh, there's two hooligans who show up. They attempt to steal a giant glass orb money container from a sleeping old woman by tucking it under their shirt. Yeah, so he looks pregnant. Right. It definitely wouldn't be more portable if they just took the money out of it. And definitely not suspicious that a 20-something-year-old man is pregnant. That's right. <laughs> by the way... We, we skipped over it. Uh, a couple things. One, um, Santa thinks, or Blake thinks that a kid wants a golf ball. No, no, uh, no, no. I, they come, that comes up. 
I'm about to list all the kids and what they want. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, did we talk about the ATM? Like, is the ATM coming up as well? That's coming up as well. Okay, so, my notes um, must have been out of order here because it's um some very wild decisions were made. Yes. So we've got a little girl, and her name is Susan, and she has a long list of gifts. She's, I said, she's gonna have to write some of these down. She's just going, she's rapid fire with these gift gift ideas. Slow down, um, kid. Uh, Santa with muscles shuts her up by grabbing her shoulders and posing her toward the camera. She's like facing him and he just turns her toward the camera. It's it's a it's a pro move. Uh, then we got a brat kid. He steals Santa with muscles hat and makes bunny ears behind his head. Uh, we got shy girl. This is the girl you were talking about. Um, she tries to describe her gift request with hand motions. Um, Santa with muscles thinks it's a golf ball. I think she's just asking for a new right hand because she's just like it doesn't work. She's got arthritis. <laughs> right. It's just caught got arth- yeah. She's got arthritis hands. Um, then we get two bratty siblings and they're fighting on Santa's lap. And now we get Lenny trying to get cash from Blake's account. But in the future, 1996, all ATMs have fingerprint scanners. Yes. And personalized greetings robotic yes robotic voice greetings yeah uh then we get these two hooligans and they drop the money orb and try to gather as much as they can but tattletale susan rats them out to say to santa i would prefer she rat them out to satan which it sounded like you're about to say <laughs> i was gonna say that. she does she just goes santa! it'd be great if she was like she like finds him and she's like you're being naughty and she's like just like fire opens up around them and consumes a hole opens up in the ground and they like a ghostly hand comes out and just pulls them down by the head yeah (laughs) um that would be great that would have killed in this movie that would have been fantastic uh they claim that they're santa's little helpers but they aren't even dressed like elves or anything yeah way to go guys you really blew it uh, these hooligans pick a fight with Santa with muscles. He starts Santaing out on them. Yes, that's that's when Santa, uh, when you're very naughty. So you get toys, coal, or this is what Christians don't tell other people. Or Santa comes into your room and pummels you <laughs> if you're extremely naughty. That's what happens. The Santa pummels you. Right, but first he huffs and puffs. Yeah, and that's what we call going Santa mode. Santa mode. Well, Hulk, isn't it hulking out? And that's why. Yeah. Like, well, it's Hulkamania. It's Santa mania. There we go. Yeah. Santa mania. Uh, Santa sees a sign for the children's mission and feels compelled to go there. He doesn't know why. Well, Joe, this is when I wrote, he's definitely an orphan, right? And I, oh, okay. Yeah. I wrote it right here. I said, he's an orphan, right? I wrote it in the notes. Cause he's like compelled. He's from there and he's compelled to go to this orphanage. I just thought he was really impressionable. <laughs> <laughs> well like he is very dumb ability of a child he is he's very dumb in this movie but also a savvy businessman who made billions of dollars yes somehow um by coming up with so many rules and forcing everyone else to waste their time trying to remember them he doesn't remember any of them no he doesn't he just he's like uh uh chauff- chauffeur what's this rule we didn't talk about that. He lines up his employees and makes them recite rules. How awful must it be to work for this guy? Terrible. He's the worst employer I've ever seen. 
Like I, I have I have this mental image of like the chauffeur like at home at like two thirty in the morning like putting on a pot of coffee like a single light on in the kitchen and his wife comes in she's like honey what are you doing he's like he's making me memorize the rules he's gonna quiz <laughs> me tomorrow and then part of the job is he gets to beat me up and she's like maybe maybe we don't need a second job he's you like know, no you're, you're pregnant dear we need the money we we can go with less <laughs> um so. Yeah, so the children and the adults, they follow Santa with muscles outside. One lady, one lady extra is really trying to make a name for herself by jumping up and down and waving her hands around. Did you notice this woman? No, she's I like, did not. She's a she's the most animated. Everyone's going out and like, yeah, yeah, and like patting each other on the back and like thumbs upping. She's like, you were <laughs> <laughs> Just going nuts. Um, two old women get right up into each other's faces to discuss the events of the day while Santa drives off. Right in front of the camera. Yeah, right. Literally. Like, like they frame the scene. They like come in from Around opposite sides of the camera. Faces. Yeah, that's how it wraps. Yeah, that's how it goes. But also he says uh, he has airtight logic that Lenny gets around with the scooter. He says, if I'm Santa, where's my sleigh? Good point. Yeah, well, the checkmate. I love how all the things about being Santa are things you could just purchase. He's like, you got right. the suit, you got the sleigh, you got the gloves. You're obviously Santa. Yeah, you can round up some reindeer somewhere. It's it's like being like, well, you're wearing a hoodie. You're obviously Jeff Zuckerberg. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> like people so, can't just go out and purchase. So let a hoodie. me into his account. <laughs> yes. I mean, my account. Um, Don't you see? I'm dead behind the eyes. I'm clearly Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, Dr. Blight has some bad news for Ebner. We're back at his mansion. Uh, Mr. Rapini isn't going to sell. Uh, but then Mr. Rapini does agree to sell, thanks to the nonstop torture from the other scientist. Mr. Flint is simply – everyone's using their different weapons. Miss Watts using her electro hands. Um, fart, fart guys using his fart gas. And then Dr. Flint is brushing Mr. Rapini up and down with a bone brush, an archaeologist's bone brush. I submit that that's what got it done because that is the creepiest. That's terrifying. <laughs> that's horrifying. Like the three things are supposed to like, these are his, his torture thugs. And you're like, okay, I see what she's doing. I see what he's doing. What is this geologist up to? What is he building to? Like, I can't see game. Yeah, what's his end game? I cannot know what this guy's deal is because it's she's got electricity hands, he's got a fart gun, he has a brush. I gotta, you, I, I can't know where this brush goes. Yeah, you can brace yourself for the electric shock and the fart gas, but what are you gonna do? What, how you plan? Yeah, yeah, you don't know what's coming. It was terrifying to watch. I'll be honest with you. Um, Ebner is a bit of a neat, neat freak. Um. But maybe he was just or no, he's a bit of a like a germ germaphobe, yeah. but maybe he was just getting ready for COVID 24 years early. Dude, Joe, I asked if this was predictive programming for COVID-19. <laughs> it was really good. Um, so Ebner just needs one more location to enact his master plan. He tells Dr. Blight to persuade them to adopt a new attitude. Dr. Blight laughs. But Ebner wasn't making a pun, so now Blight just looks like the asshole. Yeah, he looks like a huge like 
he's he he kissed butt too hard. Also, when we find out the plan, really all he needed was the orphanage. Yeah, good point. I don't understand why he needs all the surrounding areas. This isn't yeah. an oil pipeline. Yeah, it's just he can just go in and just get the the well, spoiler alert, the orphanage is a church that has catacombs. Catacombs with a giant vault. Yes, that leads to an ancient explosive quartz mine. Crystal cave. Crystal cave. Joe, those classic ancient catacombs that are all over the United States of America, Joe. Jeff, they've powered the Christian faith for for centuries. (laughs) Joe, Joe, this is what you don't know. Jesus resurrected because somebody touched two of the quartzes to him and he's and he zapped back to life. Very good. Also, um, the the primary basis for original uh, Christian anti-Jewish propaganda was that uh, that's why we're painted as as greedy and thieving and stealers, because they are so neurotic about us stealing their electro crystals. Joe. Please do not tell the people our secrets. Okay. <laughs> the electro, and also please don't mock the electro crystals, which are a key part of Catholicism. Oh, I don't. I'm very, very intrigued. Why do you think the Vatican is so rich? It's full of electric quartz. Very good. <laughs> um, the scientists, quote unquote, drive an ice cream truck. So the plan to seize the orphanage is looking real suspect all of a sudden. <laughs> They could just, to be honest with you, they could just roll with the ice cream truck and then just take the kids. And then you don't need an orphanage anymore. Yeah, you just lure the kids out of the orphanage with the has, ice cream truck. Has Ebner Frost considered just adopting these children? That's also doable. He's a millionaire. He's got a huge mansion. There's three kids. He could just adopt the kids, buy out the orphanage, movie over. He doesn't need to do any of this other stuff. Done, done. Nice fully work. And also, very good job missing your finger. I was afraid you were going to smack your burn finger. No, doing, that. doing all palms. Yeah, doing the Nicole Kidman clap. <laughs> um, Flint can't do anything right. He drives like an asshole. That's true. Why do they keep him around? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's not, because it's like, I guess for the courts, but he could just come later. He doesn't need to be a central part of the crew. I don't know. He like snuck his way into this crew. There's no reason for him to be central part of the crew, but uh sumo guy to not be a central part of the crew. Right. Samurai, uh, samurai henchman. Yeah. He is way better than geologist guy who is useless. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the scientists protest the white patriarchal heteronormative roots of our society by tearing down a statue in front of the orphanage tear it down joe that guy was no saint yeah he was no angel which also also what is this supposed to prove i don't know (laughs) (laughs) they're trying to take the orphanage time i think (laughs) kids are like you are defacing our history (laughs) yeah the kids are real angry they're getting online they're writing posts they're like this is this is how america dies they're, they're getting Twitter accounts like Statue Defender 96. Right. Yeah. Starting rallies. Um, but first, Dr. Blight tries to hit on Leslie, the orphanage manager. Yes. Leslie, Joe. So real quick, Leslie is played by Robin Curtis. Do you know who Robin Curtis is? I feel like I do. The whole time I was looking at her, I felt like I knew who she was. She is the less uh, popular 
person who played a character in the Star Trek movies. She played Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek 3 and 4. Okay. Who was played in Star Trek 2 by Kirstie Alley. So oh. she has to follow up Kirstie Alley in the Star Trek movies. I'll be damned. Yeah. She was looking familiar to me, too, so I looked her up. But she's she's just been in a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, she... um. She looked like a bit actor from, like, a bunch of movies I watched as a kid. Well, she's got that look. She's just got that, like, that, like 80s, 90s look to her. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she is the less less popular to Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Clay is also there. He's the caretaker. And he runs in front of the ice cream truck to stop it. He's black, but he clearly doesn't understand the important work the scientists are doing here. <laughs> I don't understand this joke, Joe. You don't understand that joke? I don't. I'm sorry. Well, he's angry that they're ripping the statue down, but they're doing oh, it for him. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Also, Joe, you say the black guy. It's Garrett Morris, baby. It's Garrett Morris. I forget his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, Joe, Garrett Morris, he's a legend. He's been... He he's is. Like, no, I love him every time I see him. I don't like, want to disparage this guy. He's black Sean Connery. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. He's been old for like... 35 years forever he played the old black man probably in his 30s yeah joe he's 83 now he's still alive <laughs> he's still alive he's 83 incredible joe he's 83 now he was just on two broke girls but he's been old forever he looks like he's 70 in this movie yeah that's he's he's black uh connery or black patrick stewart looked old forever right Dude, yeah. he's fantastic, though. He keeps this movie together in a lot of ways. Um, he, Clay, he, is, he, he is the painting of Samuel L. Jackson that's keeping Samuel L. Jackson young. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Um, Clay is nearly run over, but uh, Santa with Muscles holds the truck in place by a metal chain. And we've attached seen this move before, Joe. From a literal demigod, Hercules in New York. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Uh, actually, I was thinking Vin Diesel, but he did it while in his charger, so that doesn't count. Yeah, no, he did it in a car. But yeah, we've seen this move before from a Greek god. Yeah. And you know what my move is? Is when somebody is able to physically stop my car from functioning, it's to taunt and deride him like these, yes. these guys do. I would... Throw my weight behind him instead of Ed Bagley Jr., if I'm being honest here. Yeah, it's like, you'd get out of the truck and sneak behind him and be like, yeah, and if you ever come back to our orphanage, <laughs> yeah. What is Ed Bagley? Ed Bagley Jr. is sickly. He's a germaphobe. Yeah, he's nothing. He's nothing. If you touched he, him without his suit on, he would, like, disintegrate. But it's not even like the money is a differentiator. No. Because Blake Thorne has money. Like, right. If okay, Blake Thorne has thugs. He has a crew. He has guys who work for him. He's not a good guy. What would cause an evil henchman to go work for sickly Ed Bagley Jr. instead <laughs> of Blake Thorne? It doesn't make sense. Come up with some bullshit science degree. Like he has a horde of scientists. Who he says all got thrown out of their science out of their universities. They're not right. scientists. They're just weirdos. Right. They're guys that took like a few that got to OCHEM and were were like, nah, I'm done. I'm not doing this. These are the people that dropped out of Mr. Hill's uh, uh biology one class. Right, right, right. That's a Mira Loma reference, everybody. Hey, hey. 
but it seems like it's the right move to insult Santa with muscles because he huffs and he puffs and he lets them get away. Yeah, Joe. It's it's reverse psychology. He's like, am I actually weak? Like he has an existential crisis. He like puts his hands on his head. He's like, oh no, and that's how they get away. Not that's um, not. But so Leslie Clay Elizabeth from the beginning. Mila Kunis and Dennis the Menace all gather to thank him. Is that and Dennis in, the Menace? No, he's not. I just oh, called him that because I didn't have his name yet. Uh, they invite him to dinner. But then we get Mila Kunis's name. Her name is Sarah. Mm-hmm. And the Dennis the Menace kid is Taylor. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's in stuff. He looks familiar. He looks like the little brother from Malcolm in the Middle, but he's not. But he's just like in things. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, and also Joe, I, this is when I realized that this is that that '70s show was a reunion. Yes, between her and and Lenny. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Sarah shits on Elizabeth for having an imagination after she leaves the room. She's like, "Get a load of this bitch! Still believing in <laughs> Santa, believing in kid stuff, not me. I'm already 35 years year old Mila Kunis." Right. I'm 35-year-old Mila Kunis trapped in an 11-year-old's body. That's um, true. Mila Kunis has really always been 35. Like, all of her characters have always been 35. Dude, her attitude, she talks to adults so <laughs> aggressively in this yeah. movie. Um, Caleb burns Lenny while he int- when he introduces himself. So Lenny's like, hey, my name's Lenny. And Caleb's like, whatever. <laughs> Get, or no, not Caleb, Taylor. I call him Taylor. Caleb. Yeah, Taylor. And uh, and Lenny's like, you know what, kid? At least I have parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> not check, really, but but, checkmate. <laughs> but that would be a checkmate, you know. To if any, it, here's a, here's a hot tip out here. If any orphan sasses you, just go. Well, at least I have parents. <laughs> and, and bonus points, they like me. <laughs> yeah. They're alive. I know where they are right now. Yeah, I could and call for the them. Past 35 years. Hey, kid, can you talk to your parents? Because I can't. <laughs> Here, I'll get them on the phone right now. You want to talk to them? <laughs> you want to talk to my parents? Uh, Clay says Santa with muscles is stupid for grabbing a chain attached to a truck, but he is glad he's alive. Santa with muscles wouldn't be dead if he grabbed the chain onto the truck. Well, no. Oh, Garrett Morris is happy that he's Garrett alive. Garrett Morris is happy he's still alive. Yeah, which. What was Garrett Morris's game plan there? Get I don't over. know. <laughs> he was like, America loves me. I'm just going to stand in front of this truck, and they're they're going to see I'm Garrett Morris. They're not going to hit me. Garrett Morris is immortal. It all, it's all tracking. He was going to stop the truck with his hand. He was just going to grab the front bumper and stop him, like, like Santa with muscle stopped him with the back bumper. And Hulk Hogan derailed that entire plot point. This was supposed to be a prequel to, to um, Hancock. Uh, okay. He's Hancock's he's Han- dad? Yes, he's Hancock's dad. Exactly. But Hulk Hogan derailed it, and Garrett Morris is like, oh, you know what? This isn't my movie. I'll wait right. for my movie. I'll wait for my moment. Uh, Leslie tells Santa with Muscles that Ebner Frost and the scientists have been clearing out the neighborhood. Taylor Taylor is a mopey little bitch, and Sarah calls him out on it. Yeah. He's like... He'll get it, too. Like, he's going to get the orphanage, too. And Sarah's like, no, he's not. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Again, Mila Kunis, always a surly 35-year-old. In every single role she was, even as a child. Right. Uh, Elizabeth brings Santa cookies and milk. 
But Santa read somewhere that cookies have a lot of fat in them. Also, is this low-fat milk? It's which, not. which, it means deep down below, Santa knows he knows he's not Santa. Yeah, or he thinks he's Santa on like a health kick. Well, no, he knows he has to know he's not Santa because he makes up lies as to why he's not wearing the beard later on. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, he knows the beard comes on and off. He finds he's that. just. He's got a well. First of all, you'd be an absolute lunatic if you didn't know immediately that your beard was fake. Like, could you imagine how bad your brain is to be like, wait, this is a fake beard, and you like pull it off of your face? Like, oh no! Why is it coming off? I'm going beard ball. Yeah, I was gonna say the doctor didn't say anything about this with the medication. The beard's just coming off. But he, I think what it is is he knows he's not Santa, but he doesn't know who he is, so he's just lying the whole time. Yeah, he's just kind of winging it, which yeah. I think is probably pretty standard for Hulk Hogan in his everyday life. <laughs> doesn't know where he is, doesn't know what he's doing, is just kind of winging it. Just doesn't going with really context loops around him. Just going, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll have sushi. Yeah, he's like, this is fun. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this is a job interview. We're asking you questions. <laughs> this is a deposition for your lawsuit, sir. <laughs> right, you're going to prison. Um, Elizabeth, oh, I did that one. We're at dinner now. Which is jerked chicken, and the kids are excited about jerked chicken. Was it try to give chicken? Yeah, try to give a child jerked chicken and see how that works out for you. Nice. Be like, I want chicken tenders or macaroni and cheese. I don't have kids, I mean, but that's that's what I assume kids eat, is chicken tenders and macaroni. That's why we don't have them. But also, they're starving orphans, so yeah. their standards are a little different. He could just have just, like, boiled the chicken, and then he'd been good. They don't need all these jerk spices. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Hasn't you ever seen a movie with an orphan in it? You treat Save them like trash. The That's how they know Save. their place. Save the spices for the privileged. That's right. Uh, Lenny is telling everyone the story about how Santa beat the shit out of some punks with face piercings. Everyone laughs, especially Sarah. Did you notice this? No, Sarah was just like, ah! They have a, so everyone's laughing super hard, way harder than the story calls for. But then they cut to Mila Kunis and she's like, ha, ha, ha. like it's like a mean laugh. <laughs> a mean 35 year old Joe. That like understands the context of assaulting two 20 year olds. She hates those punk kids. She can't stand them. They they don't make them like they used to. Uh, Elizabeth asks if they can keep Santa. Leslie says he may be dumb, but he's not a house pet. Yeah. Uh, Lenny says. Yeah, hold on, hold on. This is, uh, is this before or after he called, the kids call themselves the leftovers? I think this is after they call themselves the the leftovers. Yeah, because all the, there's, because I said, are there. Oh, no, 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 that comes later. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, because it, that was the funniest line in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, keep that in mind. That's coming up. So Lenny says they can treat him however they want. Um, oh, yeah, Lenny says you can treat me however you want uh, as long as he gets a roof over his head and a warm meal in his belly. Have some self-respect for yourself, man. <laughs> Lenny is like he is like one bound. He is like one missed paycheck away from being on the street. Totally, dude. He, he can feel <laughs> the street calling him yeah. every day. <laughs> he has the attitude of a man with nothing to lose. He's like, he's like, slap me, spit in my face, kick me in the crotch. I don't care as long as I got a hot, I got three hots in a cot. Like, that's all I care yeah. about. Like, he's, he's in he's in survival mode this whole movie. He would make an ideal Blake Thorne employee. Oh, he would. 
Except he has no skills. He has no skills. <laughs> Every Blake Thorne employee is not only what they're trained to do, but also a skilled fighter. And Lenny has no right. skills whatsoever. Correct. Yeah, it's not just the... And they also have to eat shit. Like, they yeah. also have to have the self-loathing of, like, a Lenny. Well, what... He would he would have to be, like... He would... <laughs> he would be, he would he would only like be trained to be like the chamber pot guy. And he'd, like, That's what I was thinking. Some <laughs> sort of like ancient task. Yeah, yeah. Give anybody. But then I was thinking he'd run up and attack Hulk Hogan with his pee bucket. <laughs> right. Yeah. He'd think he was an intruder and like dump it on him, and that yeah. would be his last day. Um. So Lenny's story. Oh yeah, I said Lenny's story is getting more and more depressing as this movie. Lenny is a nightmare. Lenny is a mess. He needs to get his life together. Lenny is like a testament to all kids out there who think they can just coast through life. This is what you get. You yeah, this is, this is what happens when you don't apply yourself. Uh, Leslie begrudgingly agrees, but says Elizabeth must feed and walk them daily. And if they mess in the house, it's back to the pound. That's right. As long as well, first they're gonna they're gonna try rubbing Lenny Lenny's nose in it. They don't know if he did it, but they're gonna assume. <laughs> It could have been Hulk, but, you know, Hulk is just so likable. He's the alpha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you try to get your hand around Hulk's collar. See what yeah. you can do. <laughs> uh, Clay picks this opportune moment to remind Elizabeth, Sarah, and Caleb that they're the reject kids that nobody wanted. Taylor Mopes. Yeah. Um, an amazing line. Probably the best line in the movie. We're like, we're the left, like, yeah, we're the leftovers. It's like... Yeah, and then he, like, pushes away from the table and, like, storms off. Yeah, which, I mean, they are the only reason the orphanage needs to remain open. Right. So they are kind of the catalyst for this movie, Joe. So, you know, maybe a little, uh, try not to be so mopey, kid. <coughs> well, that's the thing. Leslie's like, well, that ruined dinner. So she's like, we're all going to bed. Um, They're all still laughing about that hilarious assault story, though. <laughs> They're like laughing. It's so weird because there's the whole scene has passed, right? We've learned these kids are leftovers. We've learned that like Santa might want to stay in the house and Lenny, Santa and Lenny are staying. They've had these conversations and everything. And then it ends, the scene ends and they're still laughing about that assault story <laughs> from the yeah. beginning. It's, it's like they, it's like they have one joke. It's like these orphans have so little, they have one joke. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, this this joke will sustain us for days. <laughs> um, Lenny steals some dinner rolls before bed. So there, there's that dire situation, man. This is like a, an upbeat, like family movie with just a dire, like an in, uh, indictment of capitalism in the middle. Like this man is about to just fall off the, the you know, fall out of organized society entirely. He's got it because he's not sure he's going to eat tomorrow. <laughs> he's gotta he's gotta steal three or four of these dinner rolls. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's gotta he's gotta um you know make sure he has enough to, to store calories for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um Elizabeth kisses Santa on the cheek and his eyes light up way too much. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like in a haze, <laughs> like a lover's haze. Yeah. And Lenny snaps him out of it, like, hey. Hey, you gotta focus. You're gonna ruin this for us, <laughs> you creep. You're gonna blow it, weirdo. Hey, I didn't, I didn't lie to you in that mall and and get you to go to an orphanage to save it for some reason. Just to have you blow it now. Right. I've got four rolls, man. This is a, 
These people have four roll money, okay? You can't blow this for me. <laughs> if I play my card right, I could turn these four rolls into eight rolls. <laughs> He's out there putting, like, hobo markers on the building. Like, these <laughs> these are nice people. They give four rolls. Yeah, little little emblems that only <laughs> the homeless can understand. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, oh, I said, now I'm not sure which of these pedophiles I want to win. Clay needs to take these kids and run. Yes. um sorry you caught me writing a note (laughs) oh that's okay i put the pedophile line uh lenny makes fun of blake's monk pajamas but he's wearing a bunny sheep a bunny sheep onesie yeah he's wearing the outfit from a christmas story that oh is that what that was i mean it's not but it's essentially the same thing a pink bunny costume right this one's white but yeah same deal have you seen a christmas story joe i know you're not uh christian you know that's one of those movies I, i've told people i have and i have not <laughs> joe do yourself a favor i will spoil nothing just look up uh, a christmas story last scene on youtube and it is your jaw will drop you'll be like how is this in a christmas movie interesting yeah do they just beat a jew in the Times square <laughs> somehow more racist than that Holy shit. Okay. That's <laughs> exciting. Um, Clay says they'll have Santa's quote, quote unquote, they'll have Santa's costume patched up by tomorrow. And by they, he means the children. <laughs> I wrote, are the orphans going to be put to work? And then Joe, they put the orphans to work. They sure do. Um, I say, okay, new plan. Leslie takes the kids and runs. <laughs> yeah. Leslie, Unless Leslie puts a, put him up Unless to it. Unless Leslie's the mastermind. Who knows? Yeah. Then these kids got to fend for themselves. Good God. Um, uh, Mila Kunis, being 35, is the next in line. <laughs> she's Yeah, she's the 1B. She's the emergency contact. Yeah. Uh, Hulk squeezes into a children's bunk bed. Dreams of Elizabeth. <laughs> Very weird. Uh. Blake shows up to breakfast without his beard. Elizabeth is crushed. Uh, Blake tells everyone that Mrs. Claus says it tickles, so he only wears it for deliveries. And he's married? Strike two. Yeah, boy. he's ne- Elizabeth will never get with him at this rate. <laughs> but this is what I was talking about. He's just he's making up lies. Like, he's got to know yeah, deep down no that, he's not, that he's not Santa. Like, he could just say, oh, I, uh, I'm not wearing it right now. Yeah, it's fake beard. Because <laughs> doesn't he say later he only wears it for deliveries? Like, doesn't this where he yes. say he could just say I only wear it for deliveries? He didn't he have to make have, to have the Miss Claus part. Yeah, he's putting a hat on a hat. It's true. Um, they're all eating Blake's cereal, but they haven't noticed his giant roid head on the box yet. So Lenny grabs the box and crushes it out of sight. Joe, he is lucky the picture wasn't bigger, or else the jig would have been up. Jig would have been up. Chekhov's uh, gun, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. But first, Lenny empties the remaining cereal onto his eggs. It's delicious that way. Have you ever tried it? You must try it sometimes. <laughs> he has this weird kind of like elite. He's like, you must try it sometimes. <laughs> cereal on eggs. Again, very poor person behavior. When yes. I had no, when I had no money, look in my pantry, be like, I wonder what this, this. And this tastes like together. 
maybe I'll discover a flavor no one's ever thought of before. <laughs> maybe this is how I'll get rich. And then my problems will be solved. Uh, and you realize you're just eating fucking ketchup peanuts. <laughs> Joe, I ate a lot of, uh, let's see, it was uh, uh, olive oil. It was like cheap olive oil, spaghetti, canned tuna, yep. <laughs> black pepper. Uh-huh. And that was my meal. That's a little, 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 mix it up a little bit and you got yeah. you got something. Uh everyone oh, everyone looks at him like he's a weirdo because he is. Yeah, exactly. Lenny says, recycling kids, it's just the right thing to do. Blake says, he's right. <laughs> he's Santa, man. These kids look up to him. I just like how he says he's right. He's like, he's right. <laughs> it's like it's like Lenny came up to him and was like, just follow my lead, okay? <laughs> just, <laughs> and he's really bad at improv and is like, he's right, you know, to everything Lenny says. He's right. And they're I like, what did he say? That. He's like, I didn't listen. <laughs> yeah, but he's right. I know he's right. He's right. He's the one who told me I'm Santa and I'm clearly Santa. I have the suit and the beard, so. The beard comes off, but you know what it is. Um, Lenny's. Lenny sees Blake's thumbprints on the milk glass and he imagines the ATM robot voice offering him a hundred gazillion dollars and a new life in South America. Again, this is like, so there's the John Mulaney joke about how Donald Trump is the poor person's idea of what a rich man is. This Uh is like the poor person's idea of how like you make it. Right. Like an ATM is like, would you like a gazillion dollars and a new life? It's like, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Um, Lenny eagerly offers to wash Blake's glass specifically. Which um, is definitely not a red flag. Right. He's like, I'll take that glass. And someone's like, yeah, can you take my dish too? He's like, no. 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 <laughs> Might smudge the thumbprint. I mean. <laughs> also, do you have a Ziploc bag? It's how, it's how I wash it's how I wash glasses. Don't worry about it. First, I put them in a Ziploc bag. I sterilize my hands and everything outside. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth recites the Santa rules, composed of things you always do and things you never do, but conveniently leaves murder off the list of don'ts. Joe, that's because that's a Santa do. They, that's what she wants Santa to Here, do. Here's the Santa rules. Always help someone less fortunate. Mm-hmm. Never turn your back on someone in need. Mm-hmm. When in doubt, help out. Mm-hmm. Act the way you do at Christmas all year round. Mm-hmm. And, and snitches get stitches. There we go. <laughs> Those are the rules. Yeah. Uh, um, Susan better not come around. <laughs> <laughs> come around this orphanage. If she loses her parents, she's on her own. That's right. Um, so Sarah shares the dream of every girl who grew up in the 90s being a fashion designer. <laughs> she is just like, it, this child must have stayed up all night because she like rebuilds this outfit into a completely yes. new outfit. So she was up all all night. Just the same mental image of the chauffeur staying up all night to learn the rules. Just her just like up all night, just like slamming coffee to get this Slaying a costume done in the morning. And durable stitching to make it tight-fitting, but also not rippable when he's doing his punches. Yeah, and so she also must have, like, taken measurements at some point. While he was sleeping, probably. While he was sleeping, because she makes him a belt and some gloves. The utility belt. Yes, Santa's classic utility belt, Joe. Yes, yeah. Uh, She cut off the sleeves because muscles, and she built a utility belt in a... um, or she saw a utility belt in a Mega Man comic 
And she thought that looked pretty good. Yeah. So she, she made I, one for Santa. At first, I thought she she said that she learned how to sew in a comic book. The Mega Man comic well, book? Well, because she's like, like I saw in the Mega Man comic book. I was like, did you learn how to do this from a Mega comic Man? book? Yeah, from Mega Man. Which also, Mega Man is, at this point, an established IP, and he doesn't have a utility belt. Not only does he not have a utility belt, he doesn't have a sleeveless vest. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a half he's a robot. He's child. all robot. <laughs> yeah, he's a robot child. Built by was he built by Dr. Wiley or is Dr. Wiley the bad guy? I think Dr. Wiley's the bad guy. Um Lenny asks where his new outfit is, and Sarah emasculates him in front of everyone by calling out his skinny penis. Calls him Q tip. Oh, I did not catch that. No, that's his head. That's for his oh. hair. Because he's got he's got the curly hair. Is that what a Q-tip is? I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's that's what that is. It's not a skinny penis, Joe. I thought she, I thought she was referring to his his thin penis. That flares out at the top. It has cotton on the end. Um, Helen Chu shows up, a reporter with News Eight, and wants to interview Santa with muscles. She also coins the term Santa with muscles. We get she the said, title. She said the name of the movie, Joe. Lenny asks about payment, of course. <laughs> but it, Sarah, Sarah Shu is the world's worst interviewer. Helen Shu. Helen Shu. Sorry, Helen Shu. She's the world's worst interviewer. Because mm, she's yeah. like, we're, we're here live. Do you have time for an interview? It's like. I feel well, like you clear this ahead of time. So what she does is she she asks Santa with muscles for a comment that immediately cuts him off and restarts the interview. <laughs> like, did you notice that? She's like, here we are with um the Santa with Santa with muscles. Santa, will you tell us what's going on here? Live from News Eight. <laughs> <laughs> like, true. No time. Um, Helen says, "Tell us, Santa, how did you get here?" And then we see Lenny doing charades in the background. He's like doing this. And then um, Santa with Muscles says, uh, Rooster? Uh, Slay. Reindeer. The reindeer brought me. Joe. He would know that Santa has reindeer. Everybody knows Santa has reindeer. I am not as sure as you are. He knew to lie about Mrs. Claus. Well, yeah, everyone knows about Mrs. Claus. You got a Mr. Claus, you got a Mrs. Claus. He doesn't. You don't know that Santa Claus isn't a bachelor. If you know about Santa, you know about the reindeer. Santa has no time to be a bachelor. Santa needs that that dual income slash help. Santa's on Tinder, Joe. That's all I'm saying. No way. I don't believe you. <laughs> Dude, Santa goes all over the world one time a year. It's Santa's just on Rex. <laughs> Santa's on Tinder, dude. He just wrecks. Out there swiping whichever direction you know you're supposed to swipe. I know these things. I'm a cool kid. He's like, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and swipe? swipe kind, of, the, kind of a big deal. Why don't you look me up on Google? Direction. Um, yeah, he's got that boy uh, that boy band appeal. All the kids remember him from when they were young. <laughs> um. I thought you were going to say he was fat like Joey Fatone. There we go. (laughs) Um, Helen comments on his physique, and he says he likes to eat a lot of reindeer meat. Well, he knows about the reindeer. 
He just gets the the thing wrong. He just thinks he just, there there's protein source. Yeah, exactly. Like all good ranchers, they they eat their their meat. Um, Santa with muscles ends interview by threatening everyone watching at home. Then Lenny rushes in to drag Santa with muscles away. This is where I went. Okay, couple things. One local billionaire. He drove there. Mm-hmm. Nobody recognizes him on the news. Well, he's wearing the Santa outfit. Two, nobody seems to notice this local billionaire is missing. It's a good point. It's a very good point. <laughs> like, nobody seems to care that a, if a local billionaire went missing, you would think that somebody would, like, that's what Helen Chu would be reporting on. Right. Yeah, that would be, like, the primary story. and This would be, like, off to the side. Not like, here's an orphanage that was attacked by weirdos yesterday. Yeah, how is that not the story? There's this... <laughs> there's this, uh horde of scientist raiders going around just taking whatever they want just crashing into things in an ice cream truck yeah terrorizing children in an ice cream truck in a much better movie this was led in by a broadcast them finishing a report about uh blake going missing and then leading out with a horde of scientists wreaking havoc right on, on the town but no it's just helen chu news helen eight chu. she's new man she's just she's just getting her feet wet um, Ebner Frost watches this interview from home, asks Dr. Blight if Santa looks familiar to him. Dr. Blight responds by saying he saw him last year around this time and the year before that and the year before that. And, and one time he saw him ask for change in front of a supermarket. That was very confusing. <laughs> He's like, you're supposed to be giving me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, that's the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the guys with the jingles, with the bells. What is that jingle called? Bells. The jingle um, bells. <laughs> Salvation Army. Salvation Army, right. Um, Lenny rushes to future ATM with thumbprint smudged glass, but he only has the right thomb. He needs the left one. Joe, womp, womp. if I had a nickel for every time that this happened, I would not need to steal a glass from a billionaire and try to scan his thumb at his future <laughs> ATM. That's right. Um, Dr. Blight kidnaps Lenny with the aid of Dr. Vile and his fart gas. Classic move, Joe. Dr. Flint has an exterminator's backpack on, which is not standard geologist equipment. I this is I was like, what is why is why could this not have been Dr. Vile? They're like, oh, we need Dr. Flint to do something like yeah, <laughs> it's like they got halfway through the movie and they're like, wait, what is Dr. Flynn's deal again? <laughs> yeah, what is he here for? Like they fired the writer who came up with Dr. Flynn's backstory and they're like, let's just fill it in with like props we have. <laughs> yeah, you you do this in this scene. Just figure it out. Um, Apparently Lenny took a loan from Ebner. But Ebner wants Lenny to get Santa with muscles out of the picture and away from the orphanage. Uh, Lenny asks Santa with muscles to leave. Santa with muscles says no. That's the end of that. <laughs> he tried. You can't say that he didn't try. He was just checking that box. Yeah, he's not going to, like, overpower him. So <laughs> really his only option is to go, hey, why don't we do this <laughs> instead yeah, like, of this? Please? Please? Uh, Elizabeth is singing heathen music in the church, Angel Baby by Rosie and the Originals. Is this an actual song? It is an actual song. Ah, uh, It's like a 50s song. 
Oh, I, I tried to find it and I couldn't find it. I was Googling the lyrics, but yeah, it's right here. I'll be. Santa they, with Muscles. They got a nice public domain song. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, Santa with Muscles is drawn in by her siren song. That's what it says. Uh, Stupid Elizabeth still believes in fairies, too, and magic windows. LOL. What a dumb child she is. <laughs> well, all right, Joe, to be fair. The windows do glow when Elizabeth sings. No, let's 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 look at some empirical evidence in this movie, Joe. She writes a letter to Santa asking Uh him to come save the orphanage. (laughs) Great point. (laughs) And Santa shows up to save the orphanage. Uh So she's she may might have like stopped believing in things. She's like has this like Like on the verge of growing up. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, is this stuff all real? Like. I don't like what like she's up late at night, but she's got the glass of whiskey just up against her temple, just like right. thinking. She's just like, yeah, what is, is what is what is reality? Like I don't know. I thought Santa, I like this was a hail mary. I didn't think Santa was real. Yeah, she's like, if I don't see him this year, like this is it. Yeah, <laughs> she's it. like last chance. Time to grow up. Um, pretty sure. Uh, okay, Elizabeth lets Santa with muscles take his beard off. Says he's still Santa Claus without it. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that makes anyone Santa Claus. The beard. No, he was still wearing the red. If you're wearing red and white, you're Santa. That's all that matters. I I think you at least need the hat. Like, if you just wore a red and white vest, people would be like, oh, fuck you. (laughs) What's wrong with you, man? But can we talk about this tragic story of this child? She's like eight years old, and she's like, when I sing, the windows light up, and I think my dead mother is looking <laughs> down on me. Yeah. So I sing constantly. The windows haven't been lighting up. So she thinks her dead mother has, like, abandoned, abandoned her. Abandoned her a second time. <laughs> a second time. <laughs> Post-mortem. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Santa with Muscles says he wants to sing the song. Says he remembers how to sing it. He clearly doesn't. No. He does not. I, I like to think Hulk Hogan was like, fine, I'll do this movie, but I get to sing. <laughs> okay, b- b- but I have to sing a song I don't know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how great is it that they could ch- teach a seven-year-old a song from the 50s that she nails? But Hulk Hogan is clearly struggling with, like, getting through a sentence of it. <laughs> well, I mean, Hulk, the little girl has never been repeatedly hit in the head for anybody's entertainment. That's true. Yeah, but at the same time, this song was made like 50 years before she was alive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan was like a kid listening to this. Um, Santa with Muscles and Elizabeth meet the gang in the living room. Elizabeth has the Santa beard on. Hell of a prank. Dude, I thought she was Santa. She nailed it. She got everybody. She was wearing the beard. I mean, that's apparently all it takes. Shit, Santa, you've shrunk. (laughs) Santa, you're so little. Yeah, you you hear um, Mila Kunis go like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Santa fucking Claus. Um, You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Um, Uh... Clay tells Santa with muscles that he's proud of him for making something out of himself, which means he knows who that he is Blake Thorne, which also means he thinks freeloading in an orphanage is more impressive than becoming the richest man in America's 10 poorest states. 
this is when he's got to pull him aside and be like, look, man, I know you got a lot of money. We're really struggling here with the orphanage. Yeah, we, uh, this orphanage that produced, spoiler alert, two bi- local billionaires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty uh, successful orphanage. Yeah. We, the um, probability of that happening is pretty slim. Yeah. But he's got to like, we need your help. Like, you got to help us out here. Instead, he's like, you made something of yourself. I'm going to continue to pretend that you are a myth mythological elf who flies around and helps people right <laughs> um dr blight throws a statue head through the orphanage window the statue has a cab written on it for some reason <laughs> all, uh, all clauses are bastards that's what it says. <laughs> i was trying to figure it out but that was it that was it um santa with muscles and blight have a street brawl Blight wields his stethoscope. Santa with muscles uses his muscles. I mean, he goes toe to toe with Santa with muscles. I'm I'm impressed by Blight here. He's kicking his ass. That's what I'm saying. Blight is kicking his ass. Yeah. And using some witty puns. But then Santa with muscles steals Blight's bit and makes it worse. He says, patient suffers from bad tummy aches and punches him in the stomach and splitting headaches. Which the doctor would not say tummy aches. No. He would say abdominal pain. I wonder, if, can Hulk Hogan say abdominal? Maybe that was the problem. That's possible. He's like, that's how the line originally was. And he's like, what's this one? And he's like, that's abdominal. And he's like, how do you say that? What's that letter, though? <laughs> he's like, Let's just go with tummy. <laughs> and he's like, all right, how about instead of abdom- abdominal? Oh, God, I'm giving him crap. And I mispronounced abdominal. Uh, he crosses out abdominal and he writes stomach. And he's like, patient suffers from stamach pain so match so match it's like uh all right just say tummy just say, say tummy th- hulk you know what your tummy is right yeah Would you touch <laughs> point to your tummy point to your head <laughs> they do the song for him that just made me realize something does he make people call him hulk hogan like on set or do they call him terry jeff like does he does he call people people call him hulk or terry i'm 100 percent sure people call him hulk also i read this is a great point to time to bring in I read a scathing review of this thing talking about it was from a wrestling fan. So he likes wrestling and he likes like wrestling, but he hates Hulk Hogan. And he basically said anything Hulk Hogan touches turns to shit. Like this movie probably could have been good, but Hulk got his like fingers in it and controlled every aspect of it and made it bad. That's true. Hulk Hogan did destroy the Twin Towers. They were doing fine until he came along. As did, as was America. Yeah. But he's a real American, Joe, so it doesn't really track. I don't I in in conclusion, Hulk Hogan is a land of contrasts. He also fights for the rights of every man. That's true, he does. You'll be hearing that at the end of the song of this. There uh, we podcast. go. That's yeah. great. Um Dr. Vile tries to help by jumping on Santa with muscles' back. But it, he gets knocked off pretty easily. Because um, he has no discernible skills except for wielding a fart, a fart he thing. He decides not to use his fart gas in yeah. this case, and it does he's, not work well for him. He's got one thing. It's his fart gas. And that's <laughs> it. And he, and he jumps on his back. Shoot fart gas at him. Yeah. At Joe, least jump on his back and bring the fart gas that you can spray in his face. There are four henchmen. Blight, mm-hmm. Vile, Flint, and Watt. Mm-hmm. Half of them are useless. <laughs> Well, you put down the Watt finger, but Watt's pretty Well, no, it's because I couldn't... Yeah, but Watt and and Blight are the only ones that are at all useful. 
hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense why her kids are so good in the NFL too. There you go. <laughs> um, now I know how you felt when I threw the joke back. <laughs> just, I want to wait for it to hit you again. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> um, Santa with muscles shoves his tape, uh, the tape recorder, Blake's tape recorder in his mouth. Uh, everyone cheers. Taylor mopes with the statue head. Uh, everyone hints that Santa with muscles should be going now, but he says he won't let anyone ruin their Christmas. So they're like, hey, you've been here for a while. <laughs> you think it's maybe time to go? <laughs> hey, maybe you should be uh, moving on. Get he's like, nah, way. you guys want me here. It's like, Yeah, he's like, I won't let anyone ruin our Christmas, especially you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, our? Our. So, so it's our now. Okay. It's our. Yeah, when did this become our Christmas? Yeah. We had a pretty sweet Christmas going before you showed Mila up. Kunis is off in the corner being like, our Christmas. Pretty, pretty presumptive Santa with muscles. <laughs> yeah, while she's like reading the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> um, suddenly Taylor is missing. That happened really fast. <laughs> Taylor just took off. He just disappeared. Um, Santa with muscles spots Taylor's Walkman. Um. So he tracks him to a place that he's never been before, Ebner's Mansion. He's like, I think I know where this kid is. And they're just at Ebner's Mansion. It's like, how did this happen? Because uh, um, kids are very stupid, Joe. But how did Hulk just go like, oh, yeah, I know. First well, of all, Joe, Hulk Hogan any... thinks like a child. <laughs> I guess, because I could not follow. <laughs> um, Santa with muscles flings Lenny over the, like, 15 foot gate and then does something even more fascinating. He jumps he, over it. He flat footed free jumps over this thing. It's incredible. Yeah. Two. Yeah. He doesn't, no running start, no like gauging it. Just two foot, just leap. He's like human frog hybrid legs. He gets up so high. Um, Santa with muscles and Lenny hide from two scientists patrolling the campground, uh, the compound. They're discussing squaring denominators and that the hypothesis is invalid. Also quantifying data, control groups. But at least they found the formula for K. For K? That's what he says. He's like, I found the formula. No, he said for pain. I'm pretty sure he says K. All right, Joe. Start the movie from the beginning. Oh, okay. just going to sit here and watch the whole movie. All right, hold, hold, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, don't, not even hold. We're just going to keep the podcast going. We're just going to watch the movie. Um, Taylor is about to slingshot a rock through Ebner's skull, but Santa with muscles stops him because only he is allowed to seriously injure people. That's right. Only he has the power. and Because with great power comes great responsibility, Joe. Correct. This kid is no Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> what I'm saying is Hulk Hogan should play Spider-Man. Yeah, I think so. Um, Taylor says he learned it from him. Santa with muscles realized he's committed a litany of crimes. Uh, <laughs> claims he acted in self-defense. Um, I have only seen him instigate fights so far. That's true. Well, I mean, he did save uh, Garrett Morris's life. But other than that, he's mostly instigated fights. That's not even self-defense. That's defense of someone else. That's true. He could have just like, well, then you're getting into the, the uh, moral quandary of 
is it violence to stand by and let somebody else die? The bystander law? Yeah, the bystander th- thing where it's, you know, it, would he be doing violence by letting them run over Garrett Morris? That's what the whole Seinfeld crew went to prison for. That's what yeah. derailed Seinfeld. I, that was a documentary. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> um, Taylor asks if that's a Santa rule. Santa with muscles says, it's my rule, which supersedes all American laws. <laughs> It's in the Constitution. Also, is that a Santa rule? He says, it's my rule. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's Santa. Um, Taylor hears a space noise. You hear like a pew-pew, <laughs> like in the background. And he wants to check it out. Santa with muscles tells Lenny to take Taylor back to the car while he checks it out alone. And uh, Lenny, being the eternal coward that he is, says, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's yeah, get I'm out gonna of here. Get out of here. Lenny is in way over his head, but he's got to do what it takes. Three hots and a cot. He's got to keep it over his head. He's a desperate man. He's been here for before. You roll your dice. You take your chances. Sometimes you find yourself in the hole, but you'll get out eventually. Yeah, someday. you know, Le- Lenny, things things always end up coming up Lenny eventually. That's the truth. Um. Santa with muscles overhears Blight and Ebner discussing blood pressure and phobias, but they immediately break into the master plan to clear the orphanage. So it sounds like they're having a totally different conversation, and then they're right into the master plan. Well, I I like to think that it's like the thing where, you know, somebody is like, okay, we need to have this conversation. Somebody just keeps bringing up other things. He's like, we got to talk about your blood pressure and all this stuff. They're like, but, 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 let's talk about the orphanage. Right. Let's after the orphanage. Yeah. Um, Santa, we're at the next day. We're at the orphanage. Santa with muscles wants to know what's under the orphanage. Water and power lines, telephone cables, sewer. Oh, yeah. And the catacombs that the kids use as a clubhouse (laughs) with a vault door. You know, the usual. Yeah, the usual, which. This is what I want to know. <clears throat> How are there are a series of caves, like endless caves underneath this this church. Right. How are the other things under there? Are they just like in the cave? And nobody was like, wait, there's a cave under here. Like. Like nobody noticed the like, like the some cellar leads to a cave or like when they're installing the like power lines under like the sewers. and oh, stuff. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Some guy, some foreman was like giant cave. Yeah. Some foreman was like, not my problem. I'm paid to lay the pipes and get out of here. Don't I don't know nothing about no quartz cave. I don't care. Vault doors, not my problem. Not my problem. I'm just here to lay power lines. That's this what was I a, do. This was a bid job. No overtime. We gotta get in and out. Clock in at eight, leave at four. This is the way I do things. Keep your head down. Not Keep my your problem. Head down. Get make it to retirement. Um there's also a vault down there that the kids have almost cracked. Jeff, who built this vault and what is going on? (laughs) This is the worst vault because you can just turn the dial and then there's just a loud, audible, like, ka-chunk. So, like, (laughs) anybody could crack this. This is essentially, like, uh, a a puzzle box. Like, it's an annoying puzzle box. You just turn it till it goes chunk and you turn it back till it chunks again and you turn it back till it chunks again. But then the kids stopped. Yeah, they stopped. Well, there's only three of them. And in order to keep the integrity, so neither of none of them could open it alone, they all oh. know one number. 
So it's a Manhattan Project thing where nobody can know the entire thing. They can only know a piece of it so that they can't reconstruct it later. Yeah, the other two died in, in the digging of the mine. <laughs> <laughs> the original digging of the mine. They had the other two numbers. Yeah. They're long they're, gone. They're gone forever. Um, they're, but, but, oh, everyone's acting like it's totally normal that the kids play in a poorly ventilated tomb with uh filled with spiders and bones yeah and and a giant vault door the vault door itself is weird enough but the fact that it's a catacombs an old catacombs yeah also well we'll get to it in a second we need to talk about this whole figuring out the numbers thing yes santa with muscles first sees a carving of bt on the wall meaning he's been down there before you see bt stands for bitch tits (laughs) <laughs> which was Blake's nickname at the orphanage. It's all coming together. Uh, Santa with muscles cracks the safe, leads the gang into a room of shimmering crystals. Is this where you wanted to break in? Joe, he doesn't crack the safe. He knows the fourth number. Fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth, which means he's been in the crystal cave before. Correct. Unless there is some sort of spiritual force that tells every different child in the orphanage a different number. Oh, like in their sleep? Like in their sleep, it's like 62. Like it just like whispers in their ear. Because there's two options. One, supernatural force that propelled uh, uh, BT to know the numbers. Mm-hmm. Or he's been in this cave before because he has the last two digits. The ones that actually open the cave. You know, with the revelation that comes at the end of this film, and I think the one that we've already given away probably earlier, it's quite interesting that he knows, but Ebner Frost does not. Yeah, that's the weird part. Also, he knows this, but he, okay, he's a billionaire, okay? Which one, Ebner Frost? Blake Blake Thorne, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire, grew up in an orphanage, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, he could just be a multimillionaire because it's only the 10 poorest states. That's true. Also, actually, some of those poor states have some really rich dudes in it. That's true. Some of the the people from those states you named might be investors in my wife's company. Oh, a little Warren Buffett teaser? (laughs) Yes, Warren Buffett. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) Um, But so he's a local, we'll say 100 millionaire at least. Okay. Grew up in an orphanage. He is under no obligation to inform this orphanage or to provide this orphanage with money, mm-hmm. but he could not be a huge jerk and be like, hey, Garrett Morris, FYI, you're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crystals. I think you might want to get somebody down there because I think that'll help the orphanage a lot. OK, but he clearly doesn't remember any of this stuff. Well, he hit his head. He doesn't remember anything. Yeah. He he calls him Abby. OK. So he has a memory of this place. He knows. But Jeff, Ebner does not recall. <laughs> That's what's insane. So we'll get to that. Um, yes, very how, interesting. <laughs> how does he know about the cave? But he doesn't know the combination. But he knows what's in there. But he doesn't know about Hulk Hogan. He forgot about Hulk Hogan. Uh, he forgot about his friend. There's... Garrett Morris has a picture of the two of them, the two billionaires that came with blocks across from each other that came from this orphanage, Joe. Right. And Ebner clearly followed Blake Thorne 
because he knows he like made a life like made a fortune off of his parents fortune which like expanded his parents fortune yeah he's a he's he's a an old money guy so which makes me want to wonder what did ebner how did ebner get rich he's a self he scrapped and clawed you that's all he says jeff that's the one line he gives joe this is insane um Elizabeth thinks fairies and crystals are the same thing. What a dumbass. LOLOL. Dumb child. <laughs> Dipshit. Um, Sarah says they're piezoelectric crystals, uh, quartz crystals with natural electricity in them. And she does that little kid thing. She's like, this was in a book I read, which I fucking hate. That is like my biggest pet peeve little, with kids. Little kids love thinking they're smart because they read something in a book. Because they read one book. They have their geode book. And they're like, yeah. hey, do you know that? This, this, this isn't like, no, I have bills to pay. I don't have time to read <laughs> stupid books specifically. I had a book when I was a kid that was like dinosaur profiles. And it was like, I know all these things about dinosaurs. And now I understand telling my father and my mother about dinosaurs. And they're like, Look, I got to make dinner. Can you wrap right. this up? <laughs> we, just, this, we have a schedule. See, when yeah. you're an adult, you have a schedule. Do you yeah, know what a you, schedule is? Yeah, you don't, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, it's what you know how you like do homework and then you just like do whatever you want with your life. Yeah, yeah. we got we have responsibilities and things we have to do. So right. like keeping you alive. Did you know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. You think this money or this food just appears on the table? No. Uh, Taylor drops one. It explodes. No one is injured. Thanks God. Thank God. I was. <laughs> that'd be great if the movie ended. Just the quartz exploding. Quartz exploding into people's heads. You you would imagine that an exploding piece of quartz would do some damage. Oh yeah. It would. There would be some shrapnel, something. But there's just like a pop and a fizz, and everything's okay. That's it. Um, Santa with muscles wants to know who he really is. Lenny pulls out the army pants. Meaning he's been carrying them around for days. Well, no, Joe, this is still Christmas Eve. It's been two days, I just realized. Because she, so the timeline here is um, the little girl, whose name is escaping me right now. Elizabeth? Elizabeth writes a letter and then is like, oh my God, you've listened to my letter. And it's two days from Christmas and it's not Christmas yet. So this is like a day. This is a day, Joe. Wait, they go to bed that first night. Yeah, but it, it, when I say a day, it's like a 24-hour period. Oh, so so there's the dinner, like the first dinner they have together. Yeah. And then the next night, he's at the vault. He's in the vault? Yeah, and so this is Christmas Eve. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because Ebby says that he wants – why did I call him Ebby? Frost <laughs> <laughs> Frost says he wants the everybody out before Christmas is over. Right. And this has got to be Christmas Eve, because otherwise the kids would have nothing but questions. Why Why does he need them out before Christmas? Why that deadline? That's also a weird deadline. I Because, Joe, we need some sort of timeline on this. We need to make this a Christmas movie. And the exactly. Santa, the giant Hulk Hogan and Santa outfit isn't enough. Yeah, this we need, we need, it needs to take place around Christmas time. Um, okay, so he's been carrying these army pants around for at least a day. Um, which is still weird. And Smelling them, tells- sniffing them. Right. Do whatever he pleases. We're not here to get in his business. Uh, he tells Blake he had blood on him when he found him. Lenny tells Blake to be Santa right now. 
for the kids. Also, can you see Blake's left thumbprint real quick? <laughs> yeah. Also, where did this blood come from? I don't know. Um, he was in a paintball fight. I wonder if it was the paintball that he got shot with. No, I, he didn't. Did he, he also get shot? beaten the shit out of his servants that day. Yeah, but then he changed. I don't know where this blood came from. There's no blood. No, he was wearing the army outfit when he was raiding his own mansion. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's his servant's blood. Servant's blood. Oh, he's like, oh, that's just my servant's blood. It's yeah. not real. Oh, that's, blood. that's that's how he snaps back to remembering who he is. He's like, I love to just beat my my underlings. My help. My, my help. I just beat them mercilessly. That's just help blood. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah don't worry. It's not real blood. Not real person blood. Uh, Ebner calls Lenny and Lenny tells him to do something for him. But Lenny tells Ebler to think of the children. Um, then it cuts to a scene of Dr. Blight in the orphanage. He's gotten into the orphanage somehow. Yeah, he just kind of, uh, well, we found out later Lenny lets him in. Yeah. Right. But we, and that's why I think they did this hard cut, but they did it so clunky. I didn't really understand that that was what happened. Um, cuts to a scene of Dr. Yeah, Blight's in the orphanage, threatening the kids and Leslie and Clay. Santa with muscles arrives and chases him up to the bell tower. Joe, this is the best scene in the whole movie. <laughs> okay. For one very specific part. Yes. Which ends up, I just realized, is a callback to the plastic Santa hitting him on yeah, the head. Plastic I, Santa, that's yeah. why it, it is this way. Um, so during the chase, though, while they're still running up there, Blight says, you know, I have a Christmas wish, Santa. Get out of my life! <laughs> Got him! Uh, this is the guy that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. This is, this is his, his equal his in this movie. This, yeah, this is his, yeah, this is his, yeah, his nemesis, his, his counterpart. Right. Uh, Blight and Santa with muscles fight. It should be noted that Blight is maybe 170, 180 pounds. Maybe. He's a little guy. He is scrawny. He is, he is lanky, I would say. Yeah, he's, he's, he's about half of a Hulk Hogan. Right. Uh, Santa with muscles knocks down Blight pretty easily. But then an animatronic Santa turns around and knocks Santa with muscles off of the bell tower and into a garbage truck, knocking him out. It doesn't knock him, Joe. It like grabs him because it like it rotates. Gonna, it rotates and it like it like sweeps him up and like spins him around and just throws him out of a bell tower into the street, Joe. To a garbage truck. Thank you. Into a garbage truck in the street. But it's not like he just falls like off the edge of the the bell tower. It throws him a dozen clear feet at least yeah he he clears this tower easily mm -hmm. and uh it's uh we find out later joe the tower so it's an l-shaped building the mm -hmm. tower is at the the where the l meets so he would have had to get thrown at least 20 feet oh yes because it's kind of it's got a lawn in front of it so you yeah clear the entire lawn somehow well, I figure best case scenario, the, the garbage truck is in back, but he's okay. still got a clear. This is a large building. This is clearly in real life, some sort of church. So it's think of a big church um, yeah. with all the, the like attached buildings. So he's got to clear this whole thing. And a, a plastic Santa grabs him and just kind of <laughs> shuttles him off the side. It was 
this 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 made it all worthwhile. It was pretty fun. It was funny. Um, by the way, this uh, well, I'll get to that later. Um, before he comas, Blake, uh, Blake sees one of his products and says, "Still not big enough," and then falls asleep. So we know he's Blake again. He's yeah, he's back to being Blake. Uh, 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 Tolkowski method. Uh, Blake wakes up at his mansion, remembers nothing. Uh, Chaz tells him the garbage man brought him back in this Santa suit, and suddenly Blake remembers everything. Isn't he a fugitive? Yes. You figure that would take precedent, be like, oh, I better start rallying my lawyers now. Nope, gotta go, because he could just save this orphanage with his money, but no, he's gotta go do it in person. Right. Um, I also like how when he remembers, he says, Leslie, the kids. He does not seem to care about Clay. <laughs> no, Clay can fend for himself. Clay can go fuck himself. Clay was going to gonna, Clay was gonna stop a uh, uh, ice cream truck with his body. He's he's on his own. Right. <laughs> um, also, Lenny. He doesn't care about Lenny. Doesn't care about Lenny either. No. Uh, Blake calls Leslie. Like that other guy was kind of wormy where's my wallet (laughs) (laughs) uh blake calls leslie but she acts hostile toward him but it turns out it's ebner's scientists tapping the line and using recordings of leslie that's right and they said takes care of santa clown is that what they say yeah they got joe ladies and gentlemen you got him burnt it's all over um end of movie (laughs) Uh, Ebner moves on the orphanage. He makes his move. <laughs> He's like, Santa Clown? Sa- Santa Clown? Excuse <laughs> me? And he just brutally beats them to death, and the movie ends with him going to jail. <laughs> um, Helen Shu is reporting that the man who's been terrorizing Lakeville in a Santa outfit has gone missing. But authorities believe he's gone back to the North Pole. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> oh, he's a criminal. <laughs> um, Sarah's grouchy because she never got paid for that custom tailoring of Santa's suit. Yeah, I mean, she she submitted the, the purchase order. He agreed to, to the, I mean, she to gave him term. an estimate. He agreed to it. Uh, she gave him the receipt and he's just gone. Just a, another bad debt you got to put in the ledger. Yeah, it's just, you know, you hate to see it. Especially it's at Christmas time. She's got two kids she's got to take care of, you know. <laughs> Not to mention uh, alimony, because it yeah. turns out she married a deadbeat. Oh, As my all God. Successful she, mar- she married Lenny. <laughs> she's Lenny's ex-wife. That's that's where that Q-tip line came from. It came from years of, of poor marriage. That's right. Um. Elizabeth is sad, too. Leslie distracts her with a stuffed elf. This kid isn't the brightest crystal in the cave. No, she's not. Uh, Lenny is making himself a depression sandwich in the kitchen, but he doesn't even want it anymore. He just He's, pushes it away. He just, Which is saying a lot for Lenny, who's at the starvation line. Right. <laughs> um. He's like, why do I need this sandwich when I still have this day-old roll in my pocket? (laughs) I still got these dinner rolls. They're all green. (laughs) Um, 
Lenny is uh, okay. The door explodes, and Miss Watt walks in with Doctor Vile, who is spraying farts everywhere. No, he's spraying disinfectant, Joe. No, 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 no. Oh, Dr. he's spraying. Light has the disinfectant. Wait, so he has farts, and the, so it's farts then disinfectant. Well, Doctor Vile handles the or Doctor Blight handles the disinfectant. He has these two cans. He goes. Shh. What's Doctor Flint up to? I don't believe he's there. Oh, no, he comes in a little later with um, Lenny. He, like, strong arms Lenny into the room. Oh, okay. This is where I need we need to stop. She okay. can blow up doors with her hands. Yes. <laughs> she can explode matter. What is she doing with Ed Vagley Jr.? I don't know. Movie? She should be the boss. She, like, I don't know. I do not know. Okay, let's say Ed Bagley Jr. is the boss. Why is she below Blight? Um, he, she shouldn't be. Yeah, she should be numero uno. But this is the 90s. Can't have even women middle management. Joe, this is the 90s. Chicks can do stuff now. Chicks can do stuff now. Um, <laughs> 11-year-old girls can run their own tailoring company. <laughs> Joe, Joe, 11-year-olds can be divorcees. <laughs> divorcees with two children. At the exact same time. Yeah. That's girl power. Girls get it done. That's little girl power. Little girls get it done. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she explodes this door. And Dr. Val has his farts. Then two big henchmen scientists that we've never seen before follow in uh, with Dr. Blight, who then sprays disinfectant everywhere. Um, Dr. Flint comes in holding Lenny. Uh, Taylor. Teddy did not like that. No, he didn't like that scene. Um. Oh my God. Sorry, guys. Uh, Taylor threatens Blight, who sprays disinfectant in his face. Um, which is a fucked up move because he's a little kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a child. They're assaulting children. He's like, you wait till Santa gets here. He's like, oh, yeah. She's like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, he's like, by the way, this will eat away at your eyes, just so you know. Which, by the way, this isn't even the most messed up like part of the next two minutes with to how they treat kids. Not even close. Um, yeah, by the end of this scene, Taylor's wishing for more disinfectant in the yeah. eyes. Instead of a life of slavery. <laughs> Child slavery. Um, Ebner Frost arrives in full biohazard suit. So he's gotten complete Bond villain here. It is yeah. wild. He's, you know, I mean, <clears throat> just wear the mask, wash your hands. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> Some people make it a lifestyle. It doesn't have to ru- uh, dictate your life. Yeah, you don't need the 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 five mask and the face shield. Come on, Ed Vaguely. Come on, Ed. Uh, he leads everyone down to the vault. Of course, he thinks we're monsters, but, you know. Um, <laughs> Ebner forces the children, here we go, to mine the crystals for him. Leslie is furious at Ebner for stealing her idea. <laughs> Did you see the size of the tools he gave them? Are they are they big? <laughs> they're like little, like tiny, like like you would like tap at a, a rock with. Like they they they're they're not getting anywhere with these tools, Joe. Tiny pickaxes. Like the handle is like the size of a pen. Like they're just like and they're just like little tiny like right, pick, little pickaxe. Yeah. Little picks on the end. 
Which I don't know if that's funnier than giving the kids adult size pickaxes. I think that would be funnier. I think that would be great. And then they have to you have to watch poor little Elizabeth drag that thing into the mine. And Mila Kunis is like, this reminds me of my ex-husband. He worked in the mines. Yeah, or like Mila Kunis just slings it over her shoulder like, <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I worked down in the mines for uh, uh, 10 years. About 10 years, yeah. About 10 yeah. years, yeah. Crazy. It was so long ago, I can't even remember, really. Um, Ebner asks the kids for the vault combination. They play dumb. Ebner counters with an offer of plum pudding. Oh, boy. They, they aren't impressed. He literally just threatened them with child slavery. Yeah. <laughs> he's, ba- he's bad cop and good cop. Well, he's trying to like slip in the uh, Christmas bonus of pudding. Yeah, to the to the uh, lifelong servitude, back breaking <laughs> servitude. Right. Uh, but Ebner says, hey, we tried. Um, also, he thanks Lenny for letting them in. Even though he blew open the door, we all saw it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Lenny did here, but it's clearly not a throwaway because Lenny like has to like redeem himself. Yeah, I mean we know that he let Blight in, or now is when we figure out that oh, he let yeah, Blight, he let in, Blight in. But they blew, yeah, they blew the front door off. Yeah, so they did it in a way where like you have to remember something from multiple scenes though, and you're like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> um, Elizabeth is pissed. Because she thought he was a real elf. Yeah, she was. She's not very smart. <laughs> uh, Doctor Flint goes to work on the vault door with a handheld jackhammer tool as he laughs maniacally. This is where the writers are like, you know what, Flint, you do whatever the fuck you want. Go <laughs> nuts. Whatever Go you crazy. got at home, you make this guy your own. Yeah. He's like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, what is my character? I, he's like a Boston bomb. Yeah, he's like, what is my character's motivation? They're like, uh, he's a psychopath. Okay, okay, okay. But what drives him? Yes. Uh, well. <laughs> laughing maniacally um, and pursuits thereof. Attempting to keep up with all of the other more well-polished scientists. Yeah, around. bully good. No, th- this is the part of the, part of the movie where they're like, we failed you. Flint <laughs> this is this is on you now yeah you um, you do what you can with this script we're sorry Blake is moping over his oatmeal we flash back to Blake's mansion he's moping over his oatmeal he won't even beat his servants today yeah then that that's literally like a guy comes up and is like please beat me sir like he comes up like he's gonna hit him with a meat tenderizer but no he just doesn't have an in him to do any assaults today and that bums them out yeah, they're mad they won't get beat up today. That's that's when you know you got some good servants. When they're bummed out that you won't beat them. Um, Lenny calls Blake and tells him everything. Blight interrupts and taunts Blake. Um, samurai henchman detains Lenny. Blake yeah. crushes... Massive <laughs> samurai henchman, by the way. Yeah, this is all during the call. Blake crushes his own phone in his hand. He was, he was so mad. Yeah, he crushed his cell phone, which, I mean, if you're a billionaire, I guess you can afford it. But, I mean, those things aren't cheap, Joe. No, they were not cheap back then. They, they, they were like the big, bulky flip ones, but that had to cost him hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Okay, I double-checked it. Yeah. Um, The guy, the big sumo guy, he is a wrestler. Oh, okay. That's what I he figured. Brutus Beefcake is his wrestling name. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. 
Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, his real name is Ed Leslie. Okay. Um, Samurai hunt henchman throws Lenny out into the garbage. Uh, and that's the end of that scene. Blake then rallies his servants before he sends them out to do something way above their pay grade. <laughs> He's like, man, I'm not getting... I'm, uh, you know what? We need a union. We need a goddamn union. Yeah. You know, Pierre, you and me and, and Franklin, we need to get together. You know, we need to make a formal list of demands. You know, we don't... We can't... I, I am a trained chef. I cannot be out leading, uh, you know, assaults assault. on, or, on orphanages. <laughs> um... We can't get into this weird billionaire Hatfield and McCoy bullshit. Yeah. You know who loses is guys like us. Right. Um, Samurai. Okay. Um, Dr. Flint says five more minutes, but he's made zero progress. Okay. Because Samurai henchman comes down and asks him. And then Samurai henchman in response, like bows and grunts. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he, this is a white guy. His name is Ed Leslie. Jones. He is white. Really? That's an important yeah. distinction here. He is white. He just has very Japanese facial hair going on. Yeah, they're like, you just yeah, just glue a, a Fu Manchu on him and we're good to go. And we're good to go. Um, Clint Howard is practicing his ticketing routine on his own empty cop car. Decides he needs to be tougher incorporates the term turkey breath into his act. Joe, I mean, it's because he's, he's you know, you know what that actually means. You know what he wants to say. It's a little dog whistle, Joe. He's trying to get him to blow him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just making an insinuation that it was racist against somebody or other. Oh, I see. I see. I yeah. see. Um, he sees Blake and the gang whiz by, thinks they're still terrorists. Uh, follows after them. Blake handles these cops Blake's way by turning a speeding ticket into a felony. <laughs> That's right. And uh, he he uses uh, uh, salad dressing to like make them spin out. He has Pierre pour bottles of his low-cal salad dressing on the road that somehow causes these cars to spin out. It's funny when they cut away because you see him in the and obviously it's making these two lines. Because he's dumping two bottles of salad dressing. Yeah. But then around the cur- turn, when they cut to the scene where they're spinning out, there's just this lake of, of salad dressing <laughs> yeah. in the middle. It's like, how? That's not physically possible unless yeah. you stop and just stand there with salad dressing. Yeah, and oil slick. And he says, okay, he says it's three calories per serving, which means this is a vinegar olive dress or, or salad dressing, which means it's not slick. It's just like driving through water. It's well, there's got to be a little bit of oil, like a vinegar oil thing. But three calories per serving, Joe. That's like yeah, a drop can't be of that oil. Well. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Um, he also has them pour whey protein powder out the back, creating a sandstorm effect. But Clint Howard spent a month and a half farting around in Desert Storm, so he's a badass. Yeah, he's like, I didn't spend three mo- three weeks in Kuwait. You know, taking the the uh, the uh, Iraqi army's resignations to uh, to come back to this. They fought with salad dressing and powders, too. <laughs> and we kicked their ass. That's right. Um, Clint Howard sets up a barricade and reveals his name. 
Thomas P. Hinckley. Yep, not necessary, but sure. But it's there. Uh, one of his deputies pulls out a rocket launcher. Yeah, this is... Hey, um, yeah, I, I don't think that this small town needs a rocket launcher in their police department. Call me crazy. I'm pretty sure most towns don't need... Most police departments don't need rocket launchers. Well, yeah, and this is... Uh, Joe, this is one of the things. We need to stop Program 1033, Joe. This is the military surplus program. Oh, That's I why see. these small towns get these bazookas, Joe. Yeah. Well, because, because there's so many bazookas now circulating through the police departments that, like, they're getting the old ones. They're getting yeah. the, the three-year-old models of, of rocket launchers. The hand-me-downs. You know, the ones that Thomas P. Hinckley used in uh, Desert Storm. In Desert Storm. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't think these guys are very well trained on using the bazooka. No, they're not, because they blow up. Um, well, first, Blake decides to ram this guy with a rocket launcher. Not the wisest move. Not a smart call. Don't get closer to the guy with the with the uh, IE, with the explosive device. Yeah, um, but he does dodge the rocket with his incredible reaction spe- uh, speed, uh, which hits and explodes Thomas B. Hinckley's cop car. Yep, and uh, he's done for the movie, right? He can't drive that cop car ever again, right? We shall see. Uh, <laughs> the deputies play hot potato with the rocket launcher because Thomas B. Hinckley is like, who did this? And they're like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. He's not, he's not a child. He has object permanence. He knows who was holding the bazooka first. Right. <laughs> they're like, if we just keep alternating back and forth, he'll and maybe confused. We switch positions a couple times too. He'll get frustrated and go lie down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blake arrives at the orphanage and goes full Kevin McAllister, hooks up his car battery to the doorknob, and entices Lou Ferrigno henchman, that's another henchman they have, uh, to the door with Pierre's mini quiches. This man gets electrocuted. He dies. He's dead. He's dead. He His heart stopped. He yeah. may not be dead yet, but he's slowly dying on the floor of this orphanage as his heart ceases to pump blood through his body. Him and grabbing mini quiches. Yeah, eating mini quiches crumbs falling on his soon-to-be corpse as they walk as they infiltrate this uh orphanage. they're like hey this is pretty good pierre he's like yeah i know use some extra little like, extra cream this time he's like you want one and they just like jam it in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> move his mouth muscles up and down eat it uh 150 pound chaz guards the back entrance while the others continue and grab the quiches mm-hmm. uh but I thought that was an interesting choice. They're like, this is the primary exit. Uh, Chaz. Yeah, you, you get on this little man, little you're, old man. You're going to guard. He's the oldest, too. Yeah, he's like in his well into his 50s. Um, porn stash henchman makes an appearance. God, so many henchmen. He's guarding the children. Elizabeth hates that look on anyone except Hulk Hogan. And this is where I realized that all the henchmen have T-squares. Which is essentially their weapon of choice is a ruler with a little yeah. thing on the end. That's you a, noticed that. Yeah. Like a weird the, protractor. Yeah, it's a T-square, which is, I mean, I guess. I, it's I bizarre. Don't, yeah, I, I, I couldn't even, I didn't even know what they were. So I was like, I can't even describe these in my notes. Yeah, this is for, yeah, this is what I thought. This is for, like, architects. Like, okay. there's no reason for a scientist to have Yeah, they're not scientist tools, even. It's just, yeah. it's just so weird. The, whoever wrote this, their vision of what science is, is bizarre. <laughs> Geologists? 
fart machines and electric gloves that power the that harness the power of electricity to blow doors off their hinges. Electric hands and like henchmen cops that patrol mansions and talk about like nonsense science terms. Yeah, you know, they quantified pain or K. Okay. Um Yes, so Elizabeth waves at Blake, who's there now. Pornstash goes to investigate, and he gets knocked out by the door. Pretty pretty easily. Pretty bad uh, henchman. Henchmaning. Yeah, yeah. Very, very bad. Uh, Blake finally admits to Elizabeth that he isn't Santa. Just what? Some... <laughs> Just, well, this won't be the first time he admits it to her. Because <laughs> she's not... slow. <laughs> he's like no really i'm not santa she's like he says santa? three more times i'm not kidding he's like he's not r- r- real um yes so uh he's just some guy pretending to be santa to get away with a laundry list of crimes that's right pin them all on mr claus on mr kringle on mr kringle himself uh, Elizabeth says he's better than Santa. He's a psycho who mooched off of an orphanage for days. <laughs> That's right. A psycho billionaire who mooched psycho off an orphanage for days. Uh, Blake gathers his gang of children, hands Taylor a fire extinguisher to use as a weapon. Which he has cronies. Where are his cronies? Why is he now employing children to be cronies? Yeah, it's weird. He had like two or three more cronies, but then Chaz is at the door. We know that. Yeah. Well, th- where's Pierre? Where's Franklin? Off snacking on quiches, watching a man die. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, this this is great. Like, why, don't we, yeah. why don't we just we're just gonna hang out here yeah. until he until he his soul leaves his body. Then we'll come. Yeah, on. I want to hear the death rattle, and then we can move on. I've always wondered. Yeah. Um, Doctor Vile is fucking with the drywall. I don't know what he's doing. He's chipping drywall. So yeah, he's, he's doing real psycho stuff here. I don't know what he's up to. He's nowhere near the the vault. He's just, he's, he's, he's in the absolute wrong part of the house. His power is spraying farts. So probably you <laughs> want to keep that away from everybody else, right? Like, That's like, what it, you're right. That's what it was. Like, we don't need you right now, fart boy. Why don't you go, why don't you go play? Why don't you go eat some paint chips? Blake's like, where do we, where's the furthest place in the house from the from the vault because <laughs> that's where we're gonna place you that's what they do they send him on a mission they're like all right you know what your mission is he's like find the farthest place away and stay there they're like that's as, right as always <laughs> that's right it never changes um blake encourages taylor to sneak up on him and then spray him with the extinguisher he screams in pain even though he's wearing a hazmat suit yeah and it's just a fire extinguisher it's just cold but Joe, Taylor, not that cold. You'd just be like, oh, because you're in a hazmat suit. It's not hitting you on the skin. That's true. But Taylor unleashes the most devastating possible burn that a child can unleash on someone. What does he say? He says, "See ya." Wouldn't want to be a. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. There's no coming back from this. No, that's when he switched schools. Mr. Vile is going, or Doctor Vile is going to put the fart machine into the window of his car. he goes home and he slowly closes the garage door (laughs) he puts the fart machine in the window and just waits (laughs) (laughs) tears coming down his eyes 
Oh my god. Oh god. That's a great. Yes. Um <laughs> so, so Elizabeth takes the tube to his fart. Uh it, it almost was what happens. It almost here. does the, yeah. Takes the tube to his fart gas canister and inserts it into his suit while Blake tapes his helmet shut. Yeah, this is how he dies. But he doesn't. He should he die. Uh, but his suit inflates with farts, and he waddles. This is the most kid part of the movie. This is where I realize, you know, every once in a while when I watch a kid's movie, I'm like, holy shit, kids really are different people. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is unwatchable, but you can hear seven, eight, nine-year-olds laughing maniacally. Uproarious is the word I would use. Yes. This, um, he's just waddling around in an inflated fart suit. And um, he eventually jumps out the window and falls into a manger that's sitting outside. And the kids laugh and clap as Dr. Viles is sitting there on the ground. And Dr. Viles' reaction is that he laughs maniacally as well. He's not well. He thinks he's part of the team. (laughs) He's really, he just goes with whoever is in charge at that moment. So he's going to pretend like he's with, with uh, Blake. He just copies other people's emotions is what he does. Yeah, that's what it is. He just reads the room. He's that kid that just like, everyone's laughing. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Everyone's serious. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to do what you do because I don't want to get in trouble. Serious. Um, Blake and the kids keep stalking through the house. Mrs. Watts' hand reaches out and pulls Blake through a curtain. Uh, Mrs. W- not Mrs. Watt. I don't know when she got a husband. Ms. Watt. Is, is there a Mr. Watt? <laughs> yes, he's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> They've, I've had many. They've all died. <laughs> I keep forgetting to take off the gloves. Uh, Ms. Watt is coming on to Blake hard. And Blake has thrown some sexual innuendos back. But Ms. Watt wants to make it a threesome with Samurai Henchman. He doesn't go that way. Blake rejects the offer with a church bench to the face. He steps on a church bench. It hits Samurai Henchman in the chin, knocks him out cold. Yep. Classic move. We do it in church all the time as Catholics. That's right. We're like, peace peace be to you and also to you. And then we... It's part of communion, yeah. You just part of comu- walk communion. From yeah. one end, you're all you're all in these lines down the the uh, the the yeah rows, and then you just you step on one, then you move to the next one. That person steps on that one. Yeah. Well, it's actually what happens if you try to take communion, but you're not a confirmed Catholic. Is the priest steps on the thing and hits you in the chin with the with the pew. Yeah, and you think you're Santa Claus for like a couple days, but then you're. <laughs> Or then you snap out of it. Exactly. But you're Christian. You're back. You're Christian at that point. Um, Blake wouldn't hit a woman, but Lenny will electrocute one. <laughs> he dumps yep. water on her. And then she's dead. Killing her instantly. You can see the electricity going to her eyes and mouth. It's a horrifying scene. It's like yeah, right it's, out of Raiders of the of the Lost Ark. I was going to say it's like the Emperor at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes. With the electricity turned back on him. He dies. He's dead. Well, I mean, he gets thrown down a pit. But, I mean, this movie, everybody's okay. Well, she ends up okay. Because I was like, wait, did everybody die? But she gets arrested outside. You see her outside. You do. You see all these people who were very much dead before now not as dead. Yeah, they're fine now. Uh, Lenny says, ouch. It's all fun and games until the trial starts. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's like, is this admissible in court? No. That was fun. Ouch. <laughs> and then he puts his hat back on. <laughs> he does. It's his hero hat. His little elf hat. That's uh, that's uh, signifying his return to the fold as a good guy. That's right. Um, well, this is the second time he does this because he does it after he gets thrown out into the garbage, too. That's true. Hat off and he he loves taking his hat off and putting it back on. He loves it. <laughs> back on. Um, Lenny's stunt double repels down a rope. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. Just yeah, like very quickly. <laughs> uh, Blake kicks down the door to Leslie and Clay's room. Clay calls him out for being a roid head. Uh, Blake reveals to Leslie and Clay that he's Blake Thorne and not Santa Claus. Local billionaire. Just would like to remind everyone, local billionaire in a small town. And they're like, wait, you're not Santa? What? No way! Guy who looks exactly like missing billionaire, Blake Thorne. Right. Whose picture is on all these boxes. Yeah, he's on all the cereal we've been eating for the last several years. Um, Clay already knew this and tells Blake that he used to be an orphan at the orphanage, a scarring memory he likely buried years ago. That's right. And he preferred to remember his billionaire parents that adopted him. His real name is Blake Tarachevsky. Yeah, like the diamond, like the like the modification, like the modification. He also makes shampoo with his yeah. hair. Yeah, very – I'm – what – where does his empire start? It's a good point because I used to think it was health products until this point. Now I'm like, is he doing it all? Is he like if Kirkland was a person? Yeah, he's, he's Kirkland. He's he's Blake Kirkland. Um, Clay also reveals that his best friend was Ebner Frost. What? Yeah who somehow doesn't also know the combination to the vault. As I yeah, said they were friends. They were down there together. He would know the combination to this vault, or at least the last two numbers, but not the first three somehow, just the last two. Yeah, that's all how Hulk does Hulk Hogan Hulk get two? Because the spirit's only supposed to give one per kid. And he beat it out of... He, he beat, beat it out, it out of, of Ebby. Ebby Frost. <laughs> yeah, and Abby got brain damage. That's why he doesn't remember. He That's turned him right. into a janitor, but he went too far and he went back around again and became a billionaire. He he janitorized him and then just kind of left him there as his rich foster parents were like, hey, come on. Yeah. Coming up. He's like, yeah, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. And that started him beating on uh, people who make less money than him. Right. His, his passion. That's his bloodlust. His bloodlust blood started there. Um, Dr. Blight chastises porn stash's unconscious body he like comes across porn stash unconscious and just like uses him as a puppet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like i'm a fucking idiot why does this always happen to you dr blake because i'm fucking you, you're uh you keep hiring fucking idiots like me he's like oh okay he's like that's right he's like uh, should i quit no i have to support my family <laughs> <laughs> everything takes a dark turn right <laughs> uh Leslie walks in, and Blight starts flirting with her. She plays along until he calls the kids homeless little losers. She throws him in the walk-in freezer. And then Pulls he, a uh, Jack Nicholson in Shining. I was going to go with the uh, raptors in Jurassic Park, but sure. There you go. Uh, this is a mom. Oh, this is a <laughs> This is the, the pantheon of great movies. 
The Shining, Jurassic Park, Santa with muscles. Santa with muscles. Uh, this is a man who beat up Hulk Hogan on multiple occasions. Keep that and in mind. He's foiled. He gets shoved back by her just poking him in the chest. Yes. Little Repeated. like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And this is the man who beat up Hulk Hogan. On multiple occasions. Yeah. Twice. Blake heads down to the catacombs. He confronts Ebner. Calls him Ebby. Ebner apparently has memory problems as well. Either that, or they're both, they both buried their memories of hard child labor and abuse at the orphanage. I was going to wonder what memories they're suppressing from this orphanage. Uh, probably uh, uh, that really rough time in, like, the 70s, where, like, Nike was just getting its foothold on the world. Yeah. They, they had like, to built start with, yeah, they had to start with local child labor and then expand. Right. Um, Dr. Flint cracks the vault, uh, with his, I still don't know how he pulled it off with that hand jackhammer. Well, he only hits one hinge too. Right. It's the same spot he's been working on for an hour. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just winging it. Um, he like, no, here's what he did. He noticed it never fully closed from, (laughs) he's like, oh, wait a second. They didn't close it actually when they first went in. And so he's like, Hey, this is a way to really make myself seem useful. He's like, uh, I'll, I'll open the vault. Don't worry. <laughs> I got it. Just everybody go away. And then I'll, I'll let you know when it's open. I have this jackhammer. And he's just got to look busy for like an hour. You can't, they can't think it's easy. easy. So he's just jackhammering a, a hinge for an hour. Right. At one point, Samurai Cop comes down and Dr. Flint's just like sitting there. like. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, it, uh, uh, something, it needs to cure. He's like, what five, needs to cure? Five more minutes. <laughs> five more minutes. Um, uh, Ebner knocks him out with the vault door. He immediately hits him with the vault door. Blake and Lenny follow and do the same. But Lenny duct tapes Dr. Flint for some reason. Yeah, and he doesn't even do that great a job of it because Dr. Flint just runs in later. Like, he doesn't do a great job of duct taping him. He doesn't duct tape him to anything. He just, yeah, he just duct tapes him. He just, he just mummies him. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Flint... Oh, wait, wait, no, we got that one. Blake and Ebner have their face-off, their final face-off, in the Crystal Cave. Ebner claims, yes, face-off. Um, uh, Ebner claims that while Blake was gifted his fortune, Ebner had to claw and steal to get out of the orphanage. Uh, Blake said that being Santa opened his eyes. He'll only beat his staff on the weekends from here on out. Only on Saturdays. They have Sundays off to beat their families. Correct. <laughs> to, to carry the chain forward. Um, Ebner and Blake fight with giant electro crystals. The kids arrive to cheer Blake on. Um, Feels dangerous. I feel like he should have been like, hey, kids, why don't you clear out? Yeah, I got this. You're not you're not doing much. Yeah, you don't need to be here. Blake gets knocked down, loses his crystal. Mila Kunis is like, you sound like my ex-husband. It's like, oh, God. Wait, what? Wait, oh, like, Mila Kunis is like, you sound like my ex-husband. It's like, we get it. You're 35. Go away, little girl. <laughs> You've lived a life. You've lived half a life. Yeah, get out of here. Get out. Um, uh, so Blake gets knocked down, loses his crystal down an endless pit. You know, those those endless pits that are just floating around everywhere. In mines. Yeah. In mines. Why, why are the kids allowed in here? <laughs> this giant yeah. pit to nowhere. 
that's where all the orphans went. They weren't they weren't adopted. They just all fell down into the un, the uh, bottomless pit. Well, what happened was, see, after um Blake was called bitch tits, he started working on his body and he got really strong, and then he became the leader of all these kids. And this is the tunnel to China that he sent hundreds of orphans <laughs> to their deaths. Wow. That's how did he how did he did the orphans build the tunnel to China first or they, was it a natural occurring? Wow, impressive. Very 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 uh uh very good. Good on them. Industrious. Very industrious. industrious. That's the word I was looking for. Uh not sure what they're producing. <laughs> Holes to China. The hole to China. The, Come the, on, the, Joe. We've all as a kid tried to dig a, just as big a hole as you could. Right. As, they as, a one pass- as big as you can all the way to China. As a passageway for trade. Exactly. <laughs> it was going to link the United States and China inextricably. <laughs> um, so Taylor – oh, Taylor saves him, saves uh, Blake. By slingshotting a rock through Ebner's biohazard suit. Ebner goes into a frenzy, smashing all the electro crystals embedded in the wall. He just starts smashing them. Absolute psycho behavior. <laughs> Leslie, Leslie arrives and yanks out Ebner's air tube. Blake knocks off his helmet. They broke his air tube. Dick move. He's yeah, like, not cool. Back in. Yeah, he was trying to fix it. Not cool, guys. Like, like you know... He, don't cross a line. Like, yes, he was going to make child slaves, but don't don't mess with a man's airline. This stuff is is expensive. Yeah. Uh uh oh, these crystals are gonna blow. <laughs> Joe, the clay the cave clearly told them to only touch the lamp. Only touch the what? The lamp. The cave of wonders warned them to only touch the lamp, and now <laughs> they're paying the consequences because they touched the treasure. That's right. Uh, Taylor says what's happening sarah says rapid vibrations are causing an energy buildup elizabeth says english please god bless this little retard (laughs) (laughs) she's pretty dumb but to be fair she's got to be reeling because santa confirmed real joe you got to understand she wrote a letter and santa showed up the next day (laughs) so she right she's back to thinking it's santa yeah she just saw him beat this this guy um but also, she's been told three times <laughs> that this is not Santa. That's true. She has. Um, Dr. Flint waddles in all taped up just to shout, it's going to blow. And then he waddles out. Yeah. Thanks, Dr. Flint. He is as useful in this scene as he was in the rest of the movie. Yeah, this, is, this is his uh, his tour de force or what do you call it? Magnum opus. Magnum opus. His final. Yes. Yeah. Final contribution. Blake pulls Ebner off of one of the crystals. He doesn't want to go. He's like gripping a crystal. Like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to die in here. I've devoted my life to this. Uh, everyone escapes the slowest cave, uh, the slowest cave in explosion ever. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's like they they did it. and They're like, all right, this was way faster than we thought. So we got to slow this down. 
They show them going through every part of it, like out of the cave, into the catacombs, up the stairs, into the basement, up the stairs, into the main room, or behind the kitchen, then then past the kitchen, then into the living room, then out of the front door, then out of the front lawn, through the gate, standing out in the street. I would just like to point out, Joe did that without looking at notes. No, I, I know. I've watched this movie twice now. <laughs> he just recounted the order of the rooms. Like, he was going around a clue. Like, I couldn't even tell you the rooms on a clue board. And I've played that dozens <laughs> of times. And you're just like, yeah, they go here, 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 here. And then they're out. Come on, everybody knows that order. Nope. Would you like me to uh, recite the the movie theater from Terror Here on the Terror? Yes. Okay, you got me. <laughs> yes, it worked. That one was more confusing. Um. The House of Horrors Orphanage. Oh, wait, hold on. First we see... <laughs> the House of Horrors Orphanage. Clay has detained all the other henchmen and a reanimated Mrs. Watt and Samurai Cop. Or yeah, he Sam- brought them- not Samurai Cop. Um, samurai Henchmen. Yeah, he brought them back to life. It's... Uh, they're outside. They're just... And they're just staying. Yeah, they're fine. Which is pretty fine. fascinating. If you think about it, well, as soon as you go off of a of a henchman in a in a movie in a kids movie, they're fine. They're completely fine. As soon as the camera pans off them, they just get up and dust themselves off. Wilford Morris is that his name? Wilford Morris. Who? Garrett guy. Morris. Garrett Morris. Garrett Morris is so likable that the henchmen that know that they're about to go to prison for life are just chatting it up with them outside. They're just they're just shooting it. You know, they're just hanging out. Just, you know, just like, hey, so uh, you, you run this place? Yeah. Your boss, Ebner Frost, he was an orphan here. Really? That's interesting. No what was he like as a kid? Uh, terrible. He was a terror. He <laughs> was a little nightmare. And then Mrs. Watts, like, oh, you're so funny, slaps him on the back, accidentally gives him a heart attack, and he dies. Right. Shoots electricity through his body. Uh, the House of Horrors orphanage that has ruined so many children's lives over the years is finally destroyed. Yeah, it's it, it's a real cathartic moment in poltergeist fashion. Yeah, it sucked into the earth. It sucked into the earth. Uh, Taylor is happier than I've seen him all movie. This is the first time we see Taylor crack a smile. He is very happy. Joe, question for you: Does this orphanage or the Overlook Hotel deserve to be raised more? That's a good, that's a good point. There's a lot going on in both of these places. Um, but the Overlook Hotel, it's abandoned most of the year. I think it ruins less lives, I'll be honest with you, than oh, the orphanage has probably over the years. That's true, because you can just kind of – you don't have to go there, but the kids are forced into the orphanage. And then, I mean, they die. Not to mention it's haunted by haunted crystals. That's true. That's very true. Interesting. Okay, I just needed to know where this lists in the horror movie pantheon. We should have done this for October. Yeah, yeah, this this could be a horror movie without uh, some of the wacky sound effects they throw in. Um, Thomas P. Hinckley arrives on Thank the scene. God. I it, laughed so hard at his exploded cop car. His exploded car, which operates. With the wipers are going on nothing. On nothing. So, I'm a simple man. I laughed out loud at this. Uh, he points his gun at children. That's what he does. <laughs> Well, that's uh, what uh, uh, Carl Winslow in Die Hard, he's on the beat that he's on because he shot a kid. So uh, <laughs> Hinkley's trying to get on the same beat, I guess. Uh, 
Well, he's trying to upgrade movies. <laughs> he's like, I want to be in Die Hard 3. Yeah, if I shoot a kid, do I get to be in Die Hard 3? <laughs> this is just Clint Howard asking this question. Yeah, just into the into the void. Yeah. Um, Helen Shu arrives on the scene. Got to get all the big characters into the final shot. That's right. Got to make sure they're all there. Where's Chattelfield Susan? <laughs> all the people we know and love. Uh, the lady from the Santa display. The thugs. Uh, the henchman. Uh, sleeping old woman is in a chair in the back. Old woman. His buddy that he shoots with the pa- or the guy that he shoots with the paintball gun. The gang's all here. Bitchy mall manager. <laughs> the the gambling elves. The gambling elves, all of them. Yep, they all come and they they slap Lenny on the back. Um, so, but Helen Shue does arrive on the scene. Uh, Thomas P. Hinckley says he was the one who captured the infamous scientist gang. Uh, Susan is not there to call him out on it. Yeah, he was just like, oh, okay, sure. I guess if, you win. Yeah, if Susan was there, she'd have been like, hey. I, maybe Hinkley is like running the town with an iron fist. Like he's like the cops from uh, Breaker Breaker, and they're hoping he gets promoted out of the town. Okay. So like to like clear up this this pall that's over the city that's that that Hinkley was it Ernest P Hinkley or am I thinking of uh Thomas P Hinkley Thomas maybe? P Hinkley I checked the credits but he's just Hinkley in the credits Joe Thomas P Hinkley that's Thomas his name. P Hinkley Thomas P Hinkley has a reign of terror over the city that Robespierre would would envy <laughs> yeah. and they're just hoping whatever they can do to get him out of the town so they're right. like yes he did it he did it you're Promote a hero him. get him out of here get him up to L A Bruce Willis is waiting for you in L.A. <laughs> shoot this um, kid. Shoot this kid. Shoot this they kid, just, please. They just show Taylor. They're like, here, this kid sucks. Shoot him. Kill this kid. Um, uh, or Susan. She's been tattling on everyone. Kill yeah, Susan. Susan is, yeah. Get her out of there. She's the worst. Uh, Helen tries to interview a frozen Dr. Blake. Blake says, well, I guess he'll have a chance to defrost himself. Everyone laughs as he's flung into the paddy wagon. Joe, that's not even funny. That's Doctor, what. Yeah. You're, that's you know you're a billionaire. You're used to your lackeys laughing at jokes like that. So he's yeah. like laughing, huh? Anybody? Do it. Do it. Do it now. Um. Everyone laughs as he's flung into the paddy wagon. Doctor Vile is also thrown in, and he may have sharded himself this time. <laughs> he did. Yes, because they're, they're like, like, holy shit. <laughs> what's that smell? And he's like oops this guy smells like farts usually but this is something else this is something different and he puts his finger up to his lip is like i don't know they're like did you poop in your pants maybe (laughs) everyone's still laughing really hard everybody loves laughing at misfortune um and fart jokes fart jokes are great um ebner squeezes no ebner sneezes on his way to jail Likely has COVID. Everyone laughs. Everybody loves if this dude has COVID. <laughs> Nobody has jerk. been more in consensus that it's good this guy has COVID since Harvey Weinstein got COVID. <laughs> uh, Jeff, I've got news for you. Ebner didn't give himself COVID. Did the government give him COVID? Uh, no, that was supposed to be a Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> oh. Um. It finally dawns on Leslie that the kids are now homeless. And worse yet, she's out of a job. That's, I mean, she's like, 
That's why she hasn't gotten all the kids adopted. Because she's like, well, if I adopt all these kids, what are they paying me for? She sabotages them by, like, pulling the parents aside. Actually, this This one's one's a real chode. (laughs) Explosive diarrhea. (laughs) This one acts like she's 35 years old. (laughs) This 11-year-old girl will make you feel like you've done nothing with your life. (laughs) She's horrible. Um, movie ends with everyone moving to Ebner's mansion. And originally, the first time I saw it, I thought it was Blake's mansion. Nope, this is Ebner's mansion because it's got the uh, hedge creatures. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, more of like a forest location, whereas uh, uh, Blake's is like on a hill. Right. Joe, um, where who um who are all these kids? Did they just like go out There's and get more people. orphans? <laughs> Did they just, like, go out and get more orphans? Well, see, now they don't have the mine. Kids were avoiding the place because there was clearly mining work that needed to be done. Um, so there were, work there, like, kids were, done. like, kids were, like, I'll live on the streets instead of going to this orphanage. Yeah, I'll, I'll fend for myself. Uh, wow. Um, but, yeah, this one has no, you know, uh, hidden away sweatshop room. Yeah, and Lenny gets the biggest come up of all time. Lenny just is along for the ride. He's yeah, he's tanning. He's yeah, tanning, he, enjoying his life. Yeah, what what does he do? Is he just like the clown for the kids? He's their entertainment. It's a good question, because the caretaker does some stuff. Leslie's managing. Um, I guess Eb or not Ebner. Um, Blake comes to visit, or maybe Blake's probably like the financier. He's the financier. Yeah, he like owns the whole orphanage. And Lenny's just like his his lackey. His eyes on the ground. He's the snitch. He's the snitch. He's no Lenny is in charge of trying to find a new crystal mine, un, mine underneath this new orphanage. Yes, and now they finally have the manpower to get there to get there in time. That's right. Um, okay, so I said yeah. Uh, movie ends. Everyone moves to Ebner's mansion, which is conveniently located across from the freeway that Ebner and his crew have to clean. Yes, and they all they have a telescope set up pointed directly at where they're going to be so everybody can take turns looking in the telescope and laughing at them they're performing a public service let's laugh at them that's right they're doing they are repaying their debt to society they're picking up our garbage dolts i like what, what i would like it more is if like hulk hogan like opened like one of his carbohydrate bars and was like eating it and just like threw the trash at them <laughs> Or he whizzed by in his Humvee and just fucking <laughs> dumped a bunch of them out on the road. That would be much better. That would have been a great ending. And then um, you see that then it ends with Dr. Vile's face slowly turning and a single tear. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, that is... Wait, 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 no, no, no. Hold on. No, I'm not done. Four? There's also a hundred more kids than there used to be. Right. Uh, Think of all the Nike shoes they could produce in a year, and just in time for Chris next Christmas. I'm glad we got that joke in, Joe. Uh, one more. Movie ends with Elizabeth accepting Blake for who he is, not Santa. <laughs> a billionaire. Again, you're not Santa, they, you're better. You're they're, rich. Yeah, they're like, okay, Elizabeth, it's the end of the movie. If you don't figure this out <laughs> by now. The actress thinks it's actually Santa. Right, right. She's like, you have to leave. <laughs> like, everyone goes home. Yeah, you gotta go. So, okay, Joe, that was Santa with muscles. Also, it's gonna be our longest episode yet. I know, I know. I had like ten pages of notes. It's incredible. But um, 
fantastic movie. Best movie we've done. Better than The Assignment, Joe? I would say it's better than The Assignment. Would not call it the best movie we've ever done. I think that's a stretch. Okay, so somewhere between the best and the worst. Yes. Okay, I'll accept that. Firmly between the best and the worst. Firmly between the best and the worst. So we will be back next week, Joe, with an actual action movie. An actual action movie. We've been kind of skirting the point and been like, eh, this is kind of a rom-com action movie with like uh, Hero and the Terror. Is it a kid's movie action movie? No. We got Reindeer Games next week, yep. Joe. A classic bad action holiday movie. And um, this one is on Philo, Fubo TV, and Sundance TV, which are all subscription services. You can get a seven-day trial of those if you'd like. I'm not, there's no promo, I'm not trying to sell it. There's no promo code or anything. But you can rent it for two bucks. Um, so on Voodoo, it's two bucks on Voodoo. So uh, this is a great movie. I mean, I've seen it before. It's such a terrible movie. It stars Ben Affleck, Gary Sinise, Charlize Theron. There's a ton of people in this. Danny Trejo, Donald Logue, Isaac Hayes. It's one of those classic bad action movies. And if you don't know what it is, here's the one-sentence description. Uh, this is from IMDb. After assuming his dead cellmate's identity to get with his girlfriend, an ex-con finds himself the reluctant participant in a casino heist. Joe, I'm excited about Reindeer Games. I already watched it. It's fantastic. It's fantastically I, bad. I watched it right after Santa with Muscle. So I was like, I remember this movie as a kid. I'm tempted. I got the time. I'm going to watch it. I watched it. It's fantastic. It's so good. So we will be back uh, next time with that episode. Um, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you don't like what you heard, just subscribe. Uh, we are pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts now. Like I said last episode, we're on Audible randomly. If you look us up, we're on Amazon, Joe. That's right. Us, uh, random generated things from China, um, uh, immersion circulators, tanks. I'm sure you can buy one on, on Amazon and us. Put a thought, Jeff. Yeah, I'm stalling trying to get this thing to three hours, but it's not going to work. So for Jeff, for Joe, or for Joe, this is Jeff. Take care. We're off the rails. Have a good one. And um, I got nothing. Take us out, Hulk. I am a